From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And this episode is a little different. We have a couple special guests here, and we are going to go back through uh, the last decade of, of horror. Hell yeah. So on our podcast today, to talk, like, to deliberate over the best horror of the decade, we have Molly Henry, who is a past guest. She Yay. is a writer with her blog, The Blogging Banshee. And then we have Jessica Rose, um, writer for Nightmare on Film Street and Modern Horror, if I'm correct. Yes. And so they are both joining us today to talk about 10 years of horror and their favorites. 
We're so excited to have you guys. Yes, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, thank you guys for having me again. Of course. Um, And so the way that we're doing this um, for listeners is instead of just having our favorite of the decade blanket, we're going to actually do our favorite from each year of a decade. So that way we don't forget the early 2010s, which I feel like I had forgotten about until putting this list together and like what had come out then. So it's a much harder, it was a much harder list, I think, for us all to put together. But that just means we did a lot of research and they're very good lists. And we will inevitably have forgotten some. I can only imagine what I have forgotten on my list. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk to everyone about this. I am too. And as we were going through this, like we were kind of talking offline, like none of us know what anyone else chose, but we were talking offline about how like we were like, we, we were using Wikipedia had like a list of the movies released each year and, and Rotten Tomatoes had one and we're looking at them and like realizing that the dates that they had on there might not be actually the dates that they were released here in the States or in North America. So like I, it became like this kind of like a game of, of, hunting <laughs> for <laughs> to see when this movie actually was released um and please don't come for us on twitter or in our email about it we did right. our best we this did is the final best. list please we put a lot of thought into this <laughs> please don't come for us <laughs> i'll cry <laughs> um but so before we jump into best of the decade we just want to quickly talk about what we've been watching um Watching, reading, playing, anything that we want to talk about. So, Terry, what have you been watching, reading, playing, etc.? Well, this episode um, is going to come out like at the end of end of the year. It's going to be the last episode of the year, and so it's Christmas time. It's uh, around my brother's birthday, and one of the things that we always do for my brother's birthday is watch a bunch of uh, Christmas horror movies. I love and that. so. And we always watch Krampus. It's become like a perennial favorite for us. Um, but I also introduced him to Anna and the Apocalypse this uh, this last weekend. And um, I introduced him to A Better Watch Out. Mm, two I that I still really need to see. <laughs> oh, they're so good. So good. And so I, I didn't know how... He, uh, my brother's name's Chris. I didn't know how he was going to... Uh, like and in the apocalypse because i mean it's a musical you know it's a it's kind of like high schooly in the beginning and i literally before we start recording got a text from him that says i've got that fucking human voice song stuck in my head um <laughs> so there's just like a song we're like talking about and singing about i need a human voice and that kind of thing and like it it's catchy and so i think i think he uh, actually enjoyed it which was awesome. was good that's always so nice when you show i feel like i always get so worried to show people movies especially horror movies i'm always like this could either go really well or really poorly and they're gonna think i'm a crazy person so it's always so nice when it pans out and the person really enjoys it well i always tell him i'm gonna disown him if he hates it so <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> he has to like it he does it's it's a requirement um but yeah but the, so that's I, I mean no new movies for me just cool. uh just some christmas uh glee <laughs> Uh, what about you, Mary Beth? I um, I so I have a couple things coming up between when we're recording this and when we are releasing the episode. But most recently, I watched I Saw the Devil for my column on international horror for Nightmare on Film Street, and it was a film that I was so excited to watch. And it is absolutely brutal. It's a Kore- uh, Korean horror movie or like serial killer thriller horror movie, and it is absolutely brutal and it's amazing. 
and I encourage everyone to watch it. If you like Park Chan-wook, especially Old Boy, you will absolutely love this movie. And I'm like my columns at this point have become excuses for me to watch movies that I have been meaning to watch, and I'm so glad I'm giving myself those excuses <laughs> to watch them and then write about them. It's been really awesome this year. So had you seen that before? No, I hadn't actually. It's so um, good. I know. It's, it's really it's, fucked up. It's fucked up. Um, and that was, I think, one of the reasons I was avoiding it is like, I don't, I love fucked up movies, but I think it was one of those movies I always needed to, I wasn't like ready to watch. And I finally made myself watch it. And I'm so glad I did. Despite how harrowing it is. But still, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> have you guys seen it? I, I have, love yes. it. Yeah. It's it's so good. But yeah, it definitely is a, a brutal one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But... It's been so long since I've seen it. It makes you like terrified of other people. It does. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I'm already just, like uh... that. So... <laughs> <laughs> don't come near me. <laughs> um, Molly, what have you been watching or reading, whatever, that you've enjoyed recently? Um, I've been... I work from home, so I watch a lot of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, just saw the new Black Christmas. um, Watched the Joe Bob Briggs Red Christmas special on Shudder. I just got non-horror related. I just got done watching through all of the Star Wars films leading up to the new one, which will be, I assume, out by the time this airs. So then I will have seen that one, too. I can't wait. I have my tickets already to see the new Star Wars Me too. I'm so excited. excited. Um, And then actually just today, I watched um, the latest Into the Dark episode, A Nasty Piece of Work. Okay. How was that? I actually, it's, I think it's one of the better ones. I feel like it's been kind of hit or miss for those. Um, but I, I actually, I prefer, I think I prefer this one to, what was the Christmas one last year? Puka? Oh, yeah, Puka. I, I personally liked Puka. this one better than Puka. Wasn't Puka one of the first ones, too? Yeah, uh, it yeah was last like year. Yeah. Yeah. Because, Jess, Jess, you report, well, report, it sounds like, but you review them all, them all for Nightmare on Film Street, right? I feel like you're like a I... correspondent for us for Into the Dark. <laughs> I am. I I do report on them. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. I'm totally biased, but no, I I thought a nasty piece of work was really well made. They they are they're also special in their own ways, and I can't even say that they're like they get better or anything like that because, like you said, they're all different. They all have different um, directors. Um, some of them came back um, for this season, but it's. I think it's such an awesome thing that they have going on for Hulu. Yeah. And they're all Blumhouse produced. So they're just, you know, you're, they're going to be like top notch in a way. Yeah. And what I think I, um, I really appreciate about them is that they're giving um, a lot of, uh, a lot of diverse voices um, a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like, I, I think I, I kind of didn't watch, I don't think I've watched very many of them, but I do remember the ones I watch. I remember a lot of like, I saw a uh, culture shock um, and it mm-hmm. just, I really, really dug that one. Um, and there's one coming up the end of this month that I'm really looking forward to because it's, uh, it's called midnight kiss and midnight it's, kiss. it's queer as fuck. Yeah. Love it. It is fantastic. And it's being, that's all um, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I um I have the screener for it and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But um I'm really excited to see it. Uh I think it's I think it's awesome that it has a gay director, uh Carter, um, who did uh 
I think he did the the ruins, didn't he? Carter Smith, I think is his name. Yeah, is. he did do the ruins. Carter Smith. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like and that. And then um, it also, and I I know I'm going to butcher his last name, so I'm not even going to try. But he he wrote and directed the Rift, which is um, a really fantastic gay uh, ghost story. Oh um, yes, oh, that one's God. on Shutter right now, right? It's on Shutter. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that one's so good. It's like it's Erlinger Thordson, I think is his name. Yeah, the Rift. Um. Cool. That was a little and, bit of a yeah. sleeper, that one. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just Rift, not the Rift, just Rift. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so um, um, I'm glad to hear that uh, Nasty Piece of Work is really good. I've been meaning to watch that one. Yeah, it's a good uh, one that kind of, it's one of those films where it kind of messes with you a little bit, which I like when films mess with you and make you wonder what the hell is actually going on. <laughs> and I think, I think that one does a good job of that. Um, and so Jessica, what have you been watching, enjoying recently? So I had a really, really great day on Saturday. My soon to be husband had a work party on Friday night and because there was a lot of in and outside and Atlanta's going from, I think like the low fifties to today's like the seventies, I got super sick and oh great! So Saturday I was able to stay in and watch as much as I can. So I got to see in fabric and daniel isn't real oh my god Uh, wow what a great double feature it was such a good day i loved it wow fabric just i knew i wanted to see it you know when you get that feeling about a movie yes and you're like i'm gonna like this that it it held up and i was like oh it's so beautiful so fucking beautiful it's beautiful interesting weird and like daring and interesting and you never really know what's going to happen which i love and it's just Mm -hmm. like the kind of it's like you want more lore but you're glad they didn't give you all the lore you know what i mean exactly i was trying to my sister had uh asked me what it was about because i had seen showed her the trailer when it came out and so when i told her that i had seen it she was like oh come on i want to i wanted to see that and i was like well Sucks to suck. I had to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think my one problem with that movie, though, is that there is either I I think they either needed to have another story or just focus on because it wasn't like there. It wasn't like symmetrical, like there wasn't like three or four. Right. Well, and like you yeah. spend like so long with uh, I forget what her name is. It Sheila, um, the the original, mm-hmm. the first woman. And like I was really all about her story. And then it's like, now we're going to introduce a new character. <laughs> she was and so good I, to that actress. She was she amazing. Was. So interesting. And I thought that that was kind of weird because it kind of took me by surprise that they, that they introduced this like secondary storyline all of a right. sudden. But then if you want to talk about symmetry and doubles, I mean, we can get into that. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Daniel isn't real. <laughs> Daniel isn't real was so great. And Isn't I, it amazing? I, had, I, I just was like, this is such a brilliant idea. I had seen, um, Z, um, earlier in the year. And I really liked that. Like the idea of like the imaginary best friend. Z fucked me so, up. <laughs> it was so, so good. What it, is I this? was like, Z is by the guy who did, uh, I think his name is Brandon Christensen. He did mm-hmm. Stillborn. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Z's about an imaginary friend. It's another imaginary friend movie, but it's it's di- it's different than Daniel isn't real. But it's like it keep the imaginary friend that comes back to her son, and it ends up this imaginary friend is like following her, and it's 
this the, the creature design is absolutely like disgustingly off-putting it's awful but in a it's great so way but like it gave me nightmares which is a very rare thing nowadays but like it freaked <laughs> me the fuck out so i don't know if it has distribution yet um it was a fest it was so. in a couple of festivals oh, this that's year. Why i think okay, i yep. think it was from fantastic Fest. Yes, it was from Fantastic Fest, I think, but it hasn't gotten distribution yet, and I hope it will because it it won like scariest movie at one of the festivals, and Stillborn also won scariest movie of the year it came out. So it's really freaky. Is it Z like just the letter Z? Yeah, yeah, just the letter oh, yeah. Z. And it's Paul like Minnie it's so hard to find. Yeah, he did. God, he is writing everything. Yeah, <laughs> he's got his hands on a good bit. It's it, it it was one of those you know I see so many. And some are good. I, I always like to focus on the good yes. whenever I'm reviewing a movie, no matter what. Yeah. Because I always say, like, they made a movie and I didn't. So Exactly. I, like, yeah. I could never do this. I can't even handle, like, a nine-to-five job. <laughs> so, like, if you're making a movie, I can't even imagine what goes into that. But Z was one of those that I didn't even hear about it too much before I, like, watched the screener. And it, and it took me by surprise. And I was like, it that's what I want in a movie. Too. That's what I want. And that's, I knew Daniel wasn't real, was going to be good because I had heard so much about it before, but dang, that was like those two actors. I don't even remember their names Mm. because I just, I, Mm. I wasn't writing about it. So I didn't look too much into it, but man, that was fantastic. What a fun idea. Tim Robinson's son. Really? Yeah. Miles. Miles, or Robbins, not Robinson. Robbins, and then wait, isn't Patrick Schwarzenegger? And parts Patrick Schwarzenegger, yeah. That's That's... why I like them so much. (laughs) Wow. I assumed he was like, that's a name that is not really duplicated. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's not a lot of Schwarzeneggers running around. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about Daniel Isn't Real later as like a teaser because Mm -hmm. it might be on someone's list. Um, Maybe. (laughs) Spoiler um, alert. Spoiler alert. It's a teaser. It's a teaser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't know if. We don't know who. It'll be yeah, a surprise. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm joking. Maybe I'm, like, not. I don't know, guys. It's a red herring. Listening to find I out. might have forgot to put it on my fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> um. So now that we've talked about that, should we just, like, dive into our decade list? Yes. Can you believe that it's the end of the decade? No. No. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, if I, I, 10 years ago, I would have been 28 <laughs> going into my 30s, and I still was in the closet. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so. It's an important wow. decade for you. It's just, it's crazy. Oh my God, that's um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you guys? How old were you guys when the decade started? 16. Oh my God. <laughs> I was 20. Y'all are so young. Uh, my birthday is in January, so I would have just been turning 22. Oh, I am, I am baby. <laughs> you, yeah, you're the baby. She baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, That's I crazy. was 16, 16, and I was just starting to think about college. No, I think I just got into college. What? No, you would have been thinking about college. I had just started college. Or I was about to start Hold college. on, because I graduated in 2011. So 2010, I would have gotten into college, though. Oh, then I was in college. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think, I think, oh, I think, Jesus. I think, I think this is correct. Because, no, 
I don't want to hear it because 2010, I would have been like six years out of college. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was in high school. So whatever, regardless of like where I was in high school, I was in high school and I was, I was a giant dork. So. (laughs) So Terry, you're like, you were like where I'm at now where I'm like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. (laughs) This this sucks. Why did I choose this? (laughs) Right. How did I get here? Yeah. Uh, 2010. God. And 2010. Is anybody else's list like? I don't know if anybody like micromanaged their list like I did, but I I told you guys I did like all the movies that I was like, okay, these are all the good ones that came out, and they just got like longer and longer. Yeah, that is exactly what happened to me. I even made a note on us. I'll tell you when we get to the year where I said this is when it got hard for me to pick a favorite. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. it got to the point where I was like. I don't know how to do this anymore. <laughs> Someone t- just tell me what to pick because <laughs> it just horror has gotten so good. I mean, it's always been good, but just like the number of choices I feel like this decade have just like gotten exponentially better with each each year. Yeah. And it's I mean, that's, wild. That's kind of a good segue. What do you guys what do you guys think of this last decade in horror? It's been amazing. It's, I I I don't know where we were all talking about it, but I was like I know I'm going to get a whole lot of shit for this. It was probably in a private message somewhere because it was. Put it I out think there. it was on Twitter. <laughs> it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was. It was in our little group chat. Yes, and I was like, "This." Okay, that's where it was. Okay, it was my safe space. I was like, <laughs> this, "This is the best decade of horror. The one that we're in right now. This is it." Like, I mean, I'm not going to yeah. speak for the future because it only does get better. But like, look at how much we have. We have, mm-hmm. and like, we have technology, and we have. We have um, practical effects mixing with CGI. I'm not like a super huge CGI fan. I don't no. want all of it, but they didn't even have any of that back then. And they still made these great movies, but we have that and we're making even more of these great movies. And like you said, Terry, like you were in the closet back in 2010 and now mm-hmm. it's like there's so much more. There's a whole community and we have social media. Yeah. I can't imagine us getting any more connected than we are now. I don't even want to wrap my brain around that, but like. But Pretty soon we'll be living in each other's brains. They're just going to, like, insert I'm, us. And as long as it's, like, you guys, I don't want to live in anybody else's brains. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if I, if I can select the brains I can live in, that'd yeah, be awesome. Yeah, I want to pick and choose, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would probably agree with you, because, like, they're just the access to the movies that we're getting and the variety is so much broader than it has been in the past. Um, yeah. And, like, all the indie films are so much more mm-hmm. accessible than they were even in the decade before this one. Yeah. So I was, it, it makes a big difference. When I was talking about this in a couple episodes ago, I think, and I was talking about how VOD used to be a curse and used to be like, oh, no, say that. like, straight to, like, yep. straight to straight video. To video. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, hell, yeah, that means I can get it immediately. And, like, as soon as it comes out, people can get to it on yeah. digital. And it's just... It has made access so much easier, and it's no longer this, like, kind of awful label that we put on things that makes it seem bad, but more, like, an exciting thing that means that there's more for us to watch and there's more exciting things for us to access. Yeah, it's the decade that um, that didn't become a pejorative, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice one. <laughs> that is a good word. It writes it's down. I was an English major, so. <laughs> and I think... Because of that, we've gotten such a diverse range of voices. I mean, this year we this year finally we I mean, Tigers are not afraid. Obviously, it was around before that, but it's on Shutter, and even these streaming platforms like Shutter and Hulu and Amazon and Netflix are picking up directors who might not get like big budgets 
and big studios behind them, but these streaming platforms, especially Shutter, are giving and Hulu now with the Into the Dark series. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like Sophia uh, Takal did, um, yeah, New Year, New You last year, and you know it's like they're like an hour and a half movies. They're st- straight on to Hulu. And look at her now. She's got Black Christmas under her belt. And she's mm-hmm. only going to go from there. She, she's done other stuff in the past that's amazing. Always yeah. shines. Ooh. But, like, look at look at what the platform that they're giving her. And that's just, it's so, it's just awesome to see that, especially this year. And I think just in the past couple of years, but this year especially, women and people of color are given more of a voice and I, I mean there's still a lot of work to do but I think it, this decade has seen like an exponential increase in recognition of people who are not cis white men behind the camera which mm-hmm. is what we have needed desperately <laughs> right and I think that if you look back over the last couple of years even alone I mean look at what Shutter has done you know it brought yeah. it gave us last year it gave us um Satan Slaves it gave Satan us Terrified Slaves. yes this year Those it gave us on One Cut list. of the Dead <laughs> well, again, and they gave us Revenge and they gave us, gave us Revenge, revenge. Yes. revenge oh gosh yeah and it gave us Cold Hell last year, which yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen, but they, love that um, movie. I can't remember. No, I think Mandy hit VOD before it came to Shudder. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I think Shudder, Shudder definitely gave it like a lot more of a push. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But it's just awesome that like, international horror, I feel like, is finally getting more recognition. Um, it's not, and again, like with Shudder, it's actually giving people access to it because a lot of the time people don't know about these things. It's like no one's fault other than like, just U.S. distribution, but now that these platforms are like, hell yeah, we're going to give international films distribution, it has just, I feel like it just made the pool that we can pull from in horror so much deeper and wider, and it makes me so happy. I, I was looking at these, and I was thinking to myself, like, I, if these were just, if these were all released maybe the decade before, I never would have seen any of these movies. Right? right. Exactly. It, never. I remember, because uh, my two sisters, like, horror, were, were the spooky girls in town. And I love it. <laughs> we would just, like, every other month, like, when we were younger in our teens, like, we would just go on Google and look up what movies were coming out. Like, upcoming horror, 2005, what was going to be coming out, because you didn't have it. It wasn't as accessible. And even some of those, I didn't see until probably this past decade. Yeah. Because I just didn't know where to get them. Like, the movie stores are gone, and I have, like, a billion DVDs, but now I don't even have a DVD player. I stream everything, which is the opposite of what I usually do, and it's yeah. just, it's amazing, because, like, like, you, like Satan Slaves, I never would have seen that if I didn't have Shadow. No, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, and, I mean, to kind of piggyback off what, what you're saying, Jessica, the, um, not only is it the streaming options, but over the last decade, we've seen a lot more of a renaissance in in um, movies that were thought to be lost at time. I mean, this year alone, Vinegar Syndrome put out Spookies, but it had been like caught up in rights hell for like years, and people said we're never was never going to get released. And now we're seeing you know the, these films from a previous time that you never would have had a chance to see that are finally coming out because of the companies that are now alive. You know. Oh, Speaking absolutely. of that, I got my copy of Spookies in the mail today. Yay! I need <laughs> to watch so it. To watch it. it. <laughs> Doesn't Shudder even have a film right now, a Christmas film that they said was previously only available on bootleg for Yeah, Deadly years? Games? Yes, Deadly yeah, Deadly Games. Which I almost watched that yesterday, but I was going to watch it while I was doing something else. So I was like, shit, I can't read subtitles while doing this other thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I am going to watch it, but haven't yet, but... 
That's crazy. Like, there's the access that we're getting. And was it, like, Tammy and the T-Rex now, too? <laughs> yes, Tammy and the T-Rex. I also got Tammy and the T-Rex in the mail. I'm oh, very excited for that. I've never seen it. I'm so Jessica, oh, you can't get attacked. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica oh, doesn't like okay. animatronic dinosaurs. It's my favorite thing ever, and I know it's terrible, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> I am terrified. Horrified by them. I and I don't even. Want we're to, we're gonna have her on a future episode so we can delve yes, even deeper into that hear. fear and really psychoanalyze this. I cannot wait. wait. I, I am, I'm going to like. I'm. I, I've got stories for that one. If you want to do that, because oh, we're totally oh, doing it. We're doing it. it. It's don't gonna worry. happen. Soon. It's happening. I'm so excited. I'm also terrified at the same time. Like my hands are clamping <laughs> just talking about it. Oh God, no! Oh, oh, okay, God. no, it's okay. This is like as oh, close to scared as I get. Like for real. <laughs> so yeah, this is a little like as Mary Beth would say, a little tease for what's going to come up eventually. A little next, tease uh, next year. Yeah, stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, now that said, I don't think the decade started that great. Um, to be perfectly honest. It didn't. Uh, it, it didn't. <laughs> it, it, it didn't. Because, like, as as you said, I think, Mary Beth, that, like, there's a, there comes a point where it became really difficult to choose. But I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really have too much of a problem choosing in the beginning. No, I didn't either. Um, so should we just kind of dive right in? Let's yeah. do it. All so right. 2010. 2010. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So this is a weird choice, but there's a story behind it. My favorite of 2010 was The Last Exorcism. Okay. Which is a found footage film about an exorcism. Shocker. But I thought it was such an effective found footage film. Um, I think one of the reasons why it was so effective was I watched it with my best friend in college. We were having... We were going through a lot of stuff with like housing and we were in temporary housing because of all of this like mold situation in college. And we said, we need to watch a scary movie. It's Halloween. Let's go. And we watched it and it was really, and it was really scary for me. And it was really effective in a way that I thought it was maybe cheesy. And I actually really thought it was a great example of how to use found footage in an effective way. So it was between that one and let me in. Um, but the last exorcism won out. So that was for me. And I also realized that a Serbian film came out that year, which is no by no means a favorite or a movie I will ever be watching. But to Mark's favorite, right? No, no desire to see it. Never seen it. Okay, good. I was like, did I just, I hope I didn't just shame someone, but I also don't feel bad shaming you if that's your favorite movie. I'm so, that's, fuck no. No offense, but, but fuck no. What an but, interesting way to start the decade with a Serbian film as one of the first movies of the decade. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, if you, if, like Shock value. Maybe it gets like ten points, but yeah, <laughs> I, I like yeah. I like that choice because that wasn't even on my list of movies that I saw that year. It's probably in one of the other years somewhere. But I love um, <laughs> Ashley Bell, who she's in Carnage Park as well. She, she's yeah. got such a scary look to her, and in that movie, I I've seen that in the theater with my sister. And you're gonna hear me and my sister went to go see this because that's. That's my person to go see these movies. I with. love it. I love of that course. though. But I that one was she so she was so scary in the way she contorts. Is yes, horrifying. I think and like in a previous episode, I talked about how much possession movies scare me too. And I know <laughs> that it's not always the most effective thing for people, but it, again, like possession movies have usually find their way to freak me out. And I also really do enjoy found footage movies 
two two subgenres that not everyone's a fan of, but I thought it was an effective combination of two very intense subgenres for me personally. So I I agree. I mean, you know my my opinion on on like possession movies. Uh, I mean, I kind of almost canceled myself with my thoughts on Exorcism or The Exorcist, but uh, <laughs> um, I think it's important to point out too. And I, you guys might be too young for this, but it starred Professor Lasky. Huh? I'm getting a lot of crickets. <laughs> crickets. <laughs> Patrick Fabian. Patrick Fabian is the, the the priest in it. And he was Jeremiah Lasky on Saved by the Bell, the college years. Oh, oh. I watched that, oh. but I don't remember anyone's name. He was the hunky professor. Oh. oh. And I loved him. <laughs> I wanted him to be my professor. Terry just <laughs> aged himself. I did totally <laughs> save myself. <laughs> I love you. I'm just kidding. Um, Uh, So, Terry, what was your favorite of 2010? Well, okay. So, (laughs) 2010 was the year of the remake. Uh, We had a lot of remakes of old films, remakes of new foreign films. And um, I can't argue with your choice about The Last Exorcism, but I think you kind of dropped the ball in the real gem of 2010. I'm talking about a remake of a film that blows the original out of the water, Talking, of course, about the 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. What? I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I almost, wow. Terry, I almost called the police. <laughs> Terry, well, I was nope, like, sorry, Terry, guys. show's canceled. So I was like, someone's holding a gun to Terry's head. I gotta call the cops. Like, something is wrong. Terry's oh, possessed. Been- I was scrolling through the list and I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta throw that in somewhere. And I didn't know how long I was going to keep the bit up, but, um, the silence after me saying that was just perfect. So thank you. (laughs) I was really worried that someone was going to say, oh my God, that was mine too. Cause that movie is shit. I don't like trashing movies, but that movie is fucking shit. No, I'm sorry. I my was a heart attack. I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, no, my choice is act- it is actually a remake. Um, it's Let Me In. Uh, you oh, it's like, it. okay, cool. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that like, I enjoyed the original Let the Right One In, um, but it kind of left me cold. And I don't mean that it was a pun. I didn't mean Ha-ha. that as a pun. <laughs> I know. But I, I, I kind of felt like there was a detachment to the story. And it just, it didn't really affect me in ways that a lot of people it affected them but then i saw the let me in and i think it's the rare remake that happens when you you, when you give a fantastic director good source material and let him go wild i think i think matt reeves the director he's um he's not talked about an awful lot and i i don't i don't really know why because i mean you know he he gave us cloverfield he gave us let me in um he made me actually care about planet of the apes again um i think his uh his his work is is really solid, and I personally think that this is a better uh, movie than the original. Uh. I know, <laughs> I know, but I do, and I think it has such a fascinating performance by Richard Jenkins. And I mean, like, I love the movie, but I don't agree with you. But that's okay. I know, <laughs> I, I know, I, I know that that's that's not what it, I'm in the minority on that. But I, I, it's I don't know. This movie just really, I really liked it a lot. It was. I mean, I think. I agree with you that it is an amazing remake. I think it. I lost the words, but I think it definitely <laughs> takes. This... I was like, oh no! I think it takes the source material and makes something really affecting. Like you said, I just, I just think there's something about cold Sweden that really yeah. gets me. It's cold. But <laughs> I have you read the book? Um, no, not yet. Cool. 
No, I just wondering. It's a it's a really good book. I really like that. The author also wrote Border. I don't yeah, think I even did. knew that it was based on a book. Oh yeah, it's really good. It gets like really deep into like gender and sexuality in a way that the movies don't really delve into. Mm-hmm. That's super fascinating. That was um, actually one of the things that I preferred about the original is that I feel like yes. they at least touched on it a little bit and it's just yeah. not non-existent in the American version. No, yeah. it is. It, it, you're right. But um, I think what, what bothered me, I guess, about the, the original, and it, like it's, it's been, I, I haven't seen it in so many years, but I just remember being really confused because all of a sudden it's showing like an up-close look at, at the vampire's genital area. And I was like, what is this even happening? And I, it totally didn't make any sense to me. Like, looking back on it now and knowing what the story is really about, um, it made more sense. But, like, at the time, I was like, what? what? This is weird. Why yeah, are, why and that's understandable. They tried to put it in there but didn't do a ton with it. Um, it did feel a little bit rushed in terms of, like, that aspect. But... Yeah. Cool. But that was mine. Cool. Uh, what about I you, Jessica? Thank you. Um. All right. So... I'm a big Adam Green fan. Love mm. him. I love his movies. <sighs> and so that was the year that Frozen and Hatchet 2 came out. Oh, I was man. hoping someone was going to pick Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of cold, um, <laughs> yeah, I he's got such a way of, of going back to old school horror. And even at a time where it, that wasn't popular to do, kind of like how it is now. I mean, for the early 2010s, I, I thought that he always had a, a unique way of just giving some genuine scares and, and throwing back to the movies that he really liked. And I think mm-hmm. that Frozen and, and Hatchet, the whole series, does that. Just It's not everybody's cup of tea. I know it's not like the best made movies ever, but they are to me. <laughs> and I well, love they're... Hatchet. I actually haven't seen Hatchet, but I Frozen was one of the first movies I remember like illegally downloading and street or streaming. Um, it was on one of those like weird lists that was like we, like indie horror movies you've never seen, and it was on there. And I'm I watched it and was like, oh my god, horror movies can not have monsters in them and can be really fucking awful and mm-hmm. real. And yeah, I just remember the elements there, are scary. Yeah, um, <laughs> I remember. Maybe glad really I don't ski. That. Oh, uh, God, seriously. That made me never want to go skiing ever. <laughs> no. Oh, God. And, like, frostbite is just like, oh. Oh, no. God. Nope. It was nope. awful. Not for me. And then, you know, then you have, like, Victor Crowley and taking it to, like, a different area, like, the swamps. And I just thought, I was so excited when there was a hatchet, too. And then when Victor Crowley came out, I think that was, like, a couple years ago, I went bananas. So just, like, <laughs> all that, I was just like, I really love it. So it was, like, between Adam Green's movies and, like, Black Swan. Because that's my range. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to be a runner-up for me. It's It was hard It was hard to choose, and only because I'm biased towards Adam Green, I made that my mm-hmm. first choice. But, I mean, Black Swan is... Black Swan's going to be, like, one of those classic movies in another 30 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I saw that movie with my grandmother. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good one. Wow. Yeah, that was quite an experience, especially when Mila <laughs> Kunis goes down on Natalie yep. Portman. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> My grandmother like, oh. just like turned to me and goes, 
well, that was interesting. <laughs> and I was yes, like, it was, Grandma. <laughs> yes, Mimi. I mean, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, my sister's ex-husband once thought it was a good idea to watch Borat with my grandparents. No! Oh, yeah. No! That was a really interesting night. No. I just immediately just saw balls on the face. <laughs> yeah. So I did my grandparents. This... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. have secondhand embarrassment just from hearing that. Like, my soul oh, withered away a little bit. So I think that's like an that's actually kind of another podcast, right? Is like the movies that like you see with your parents. Like I remember this one time I was I uh I walked downstairs my parents had rented um Jerry Maguire and I walked downstairs and all I hear is never stop fucking me and I turned around and walked right back up the stairs. I'm like, nope, <laughs> not engaging on this mantra. I'm like, it's not happening. Goodbye. But, yeah. Um, on that note (laughs) Molly what was your favorite of 2010 Um, so I feel like I need to preface for all of my favorites Um, (laughs) I I usually pick my favorites based on what I want to rewatch the most that's fair Um, like Labyrinth is my favorite movie of all time because I've seen it thousands of times and I can recite the entire thing while I watch it okay love that um, (laughs) so um Black Swan was my runner-up. Love that one. But I actually mm-hmm. picked Paranormal Activity 2 for my okay. top choice. Oh, interesting. Uh, that was on there for me too, Molly. Yeah. Okay. I consider. I also consider Paranormal Activity 2. Yeah. it's. I mean, I, I love that. I'm, well, I'm not going to say I love the whole franchise. I love the first three films. <laughs> yes, they're yeah. so good. And I like up until that point, like the paranormal activity movies were like the scariest shit. Like for some reason, found footage movies scare me more than anything. So the same, the, the same. first three paranormal activity movies, Blair Witch Project, like first one scares the crap out of me still to this day. Um, so I and I, I actually just rewatched Paranormal Activity two like within the past couple months, and it still scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I think it's probably my favorite of of that of that series. Yeah. yeah, I think um, it's the scariest of the series for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. more people like the third one because it like gives answers and stuff. But like, I really like the second one. I think it's a yeah. good choice. I like that. They I like the third on that one too. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, and it's I like it because it's it's a sequel and a prequel rolled into one. Right. <laughs> yeah, because like it starts before the first film, but then it ends after the first film, which is kind of a weird way to do it. Oh, um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but it's cool because it like it adds to the mythos, but it also um, doesn't Moves give too much forward. away necessarily. Yeah. Um, it's still kind of like okay, you're hinting that some kind of deal was made at some point, and that's why this is happening. But it mm-hmm. doesn't fully dive into it. Like, and I like that the third one does that, and I do enjoy the third one. But I kind of like the, that there's still some mystery in the second one. Cool. <laughs> All right, so that was 2010. <laughs> no? Yes. God. <laughs> 2011. So this one was hard for me because there's two that I really enjoyed, but my number one for 2011 is Insidious. Okay. Um, Insidious made me scream out loud. Um, I absolutely hated and loved it. It was like I said, it was one of the first movies that made me actually scream out loud and it had this I rewatched it recently and I it wasn't as scary as I remember it being, but I think the tension that um James Wan built in that movie is just so good. I think 
this is one of his first movies. Is it one of his first movies? Is well, it it's it's like it's the movie that kind of brought him back into the public That's eye right. after like dead silence which i think is underrated kind of i like ended silence. it <laughs> but i feel like that's where he's like we've, i think we talked about this before but like where his style really comes out and mm-hmm. i just absolutely adore that movie and my runner-up was i saw the devil which i obviously saw very recently but is absolutely perfection so it's a hard to, hard choice but i think i chose insidious because i had a longer history with that movie in terms of how many times i've seen it and the emotional impact it had on me at a younger age. Mm-hmm. I'll piggyback off you on that one because that is one of my favorites. Of That's my top choice for 2011, if not the entire decade, because oh, cool. going back and looking at this and thinking about all the movies that I liked before Insidious, you know, nothing really scared me. I was so, yeah. I, I'm so desensitized. And I remember going to see that movie in the theater. Me and my boyfriend at the time actually saw the poster in Universal Studios, they have a, a movie theater, and it's, like, on the boardwalk, and I remember seeing the poster for that and being like, that looks like a piece of trash, because, you know, I'm like stuck <laughs> up 20-year-old, and I was like, that doesn't look that good, and if, look at the poster now, it still looks horrible, it looks like, it looks oh, like a straight to, straight to video, like, yes. what is that? It's a terrible poster. I'll catch it in the red box, and we went to go <sighs> red see box. it, we went to go see it in the theater only because... My boyfriend at the time, his best friend and girlfriend were not horror people. And they wanted to go see a movie. That was like the only, that's the only thing we can do around here most of the times. And that was like a safe movie. I don't remember it being like promoted or marketed or anything. I just remember, oh, that's that stupid movie. Yeah, that should be good for them. They should, they should be okay <laughs> with that. And we got into the theater. I'm sitting next to this girl. She's, she was so nice. And, the music started that that opening with that what was it like um it's a piano i i, mm-hmm. I remember hearing them say something about it being a piano and that score and the the uh the title card came up and i was like holy fucking shit the like I'm, screen wide title card I was, <laughs> yeah, yes and i was like oh my god she got up and left halfway through and i was like <gasps> this is what i have been waiting for <laughs> So the next day, that was on like a Friday night. I was terrified to drive home. The next day, I got my sister because I was like, you're the one I go see these movies with. I thought this was going to suck. We went straight to the movie theater the next day and saw it and still terrified. That's the best experience, though, that like you saw it and immediately like, I got to go see it again with my person. Like, that's awesome. Get in the car. car. (laughs) I'm not telling you what to do. It wasn't so late that night. And if I wasn't like frozen in fear... I would have went and saw it again that night, but I just needed to yeah. digest it. It was It's so different from everything. I don't know what it was. I think it was, like, the visuals that, like, you know, like, I like, I'm talking about Hatchet the year prior, Hatchet 2. I'm not scared of that, but for some reason, that movie was, it was the beginning of, you know, James Wan's career, and I just thought, this is, this is what horror was about, and... I think that that's what made a lot of made up a lot of the decade that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I would agree. I think it introduced to me effective jump scares that don't feel mm-hmm. cheap. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like the, he, that movie had jump scares that I appreciated, which mm-hmm. was I think relatively, from what I can remember, a relatively new sensation of like feeling not angry at the jump scare, but almost like okay, that was a deserved jump scare, and. I loved that feeling of being like, oh my God, I can actually appreciate the art of an effective scare. <laughs> yep. um, right. 
definitely. And I'll go off that. And actually, that was my number one choice as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, for all those reasons, it's it's such he created such a unique style with the film. And I loved the whole. Um, oh, fuck. Now I'm not going to forget what he calls it. What is the place where the ghosts are the called? Further. What? The further. The further. Further. That's right. I kept thinking the other. No, that's not right. <laughs> But yeah, like the the whole mythology around the further and um, and really the sequels too. I mean, I don't love all the sequels as much as this one, but the the way that he was able to build upon it, and not only did it really launch his career, but I loved that even though she's been in horror forever, I love that it made Lynn Shay a household name. Right? Yeah. I like love her so ugh, fucking much. Yes. And she's and been I'm, in everything. Yeah, she really has. But I think, like you said, Molly, like, it really got people to recognize her and like really appreciate her finally. Which mm-hmm. I love as like an she's an older actress who like has been around but really got that recognition yeah. finally and like got to be like a big mainstay in a big franchise. It's like it's badass. And I love that people loved her in this film to the point where like in later films they made sure she's that she star. was in it and prominently featured. Even yes. though realistically, with the way the first one ended, she probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> but they found a way to make it, and it's I love it, and I want her to be in everything. And I'm actually sidebar. I'm excited to see her in the Grudge, but we'll get to that I later. Know, I didn't too. realize she was in the Grudge, <laughs> yeah. but I'm so excited. I just learned that this week. I'm very excited for that. I, I love Lynch Day. I, I I'm fine with her being in everything. So me too. Okay, Terry. So you're the only person who didn't have Insidious on their list. What did you pick? <laughs> okay, I'll set the scene. Um, I miss this movie. I miss this movie in the theaters. I thought it was gonna. I didn't think it was gonna be worth my time. I thought it was gonna be terrible. It looked pretty bad. Um, but I finally rented it. I sat down on my couch. I turned the lights off. I cranked the sound up, and I witnessed a first act where the tension was constantly escalating to a pitch perfect moment. And the moment, and I remember this to this day, of a man walking outside her protagonist's bedroom window, back and forth, back and forth. Back in, then he walks out of the shadows and into the bedroom, and I screamed. I jumped out of my chair. My two cats took off running and hid for the rest of the night. And my number one is Insidious as well. Yay! That was actually scaring me as you were describing. I know. It. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I was like sweating. I'm like, uh, got a window behind me, and I was like, oh my god. That's that one of the moment, scary scenes. Yeah, that it, it moment, is awful. <laughs> Like I was, I was watching that, and I'm like, "Oh God, he's out! What, what is, what is going on here? This guy's walking inside, the, and then he walks in. I literally, I swear to God, my cats did not forgive me for the rest of the night. They just <laughs> took off and hid because I screamed, I screamed so loud. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've kind of all talked about why, but it's a movie that you know reju- rejuvenated his uh, James Wan's career after Dead Silence kind of almost ended it. Had so many iconic moments. I'm talking about, you know, the, the demon that was in the baby's room, the man in the shadows that I was mentioned above, the demon growling behind Josh, the creepy woman smiling the further. Uh-huh. It's original, terrifying, and uh, it was rated PG-13. Yeah. Rated um, PG-13. It's just, it was, uh, it, it's great. I mean, Yay, we, we had, like, one movie so far that everyone agreed on. But I did want to give a shout-out, though, to um, the I Was a Teenage Werebear segment of Chillerama. Have you guys watched yes. Chillerama? No. I, I was like, what are you okay. talking to? Okay, so it's it, it was like an anthology that came out that year, and one of the segments was called I Was a Teenage Werebear. Okay. And 2011 was an important year for me, personally, because it's when I finally was pulled out of the closet. 
Okay. Um, and I remember watching Chillerama, and it got to the segment and stalled, starred Sean Paul Lockhart, which, if you are a gay person of a certain age, you will know him as Brent Corrigan. He is a porn star. A gay porn star was in this movie. And it reminded me that horror could be completely gay, and there could be gay people making the horror movies because the director, Tim Sullivan, is gay. So shout out to Tim Sullivan for making this movie at a time when I really, uh, really needed it. Cool. That's awesome. I'm really glad that you I brought it that. up because I had written it down, but I was like, don't go up Adam Green's ass too much, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> like, yourself, uh, like, put him in once and, and that's it. So I am so glad that you mentioned that. I'm glad that that, that was important for you. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't remember anything else about Chillerama except that I think there was like a, a giant sperm in one of the oh. episodes. Yeah, oh, it, cool. attacks, it attacks the city. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah, is it but, weird that I want to see it more now? I know. I was like, <laughs> ooh, so you much fun. It's interest. so much fun. But I Was a Teenage Warrior Bear is about this this kid who's struggling with his intersexuality of being gay while he's and it's it's a 60s musical. Like wow. it is a beach party musical and instead of like getting bit by a werewolf, he gets bit by a literally a bear, like a gay bear. Um <laughs> and so he turns into a werebear and he becomes like this big butch leather daddy when he turns and it's 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 ridiculous it's funny but it also like i said reminded me that um it can be you can have gay and horror and that's a a great thing so that's just a shout out cool but yeah all right 2012 mary beth what did you (sighs) okay this was a hard year for me because there's three i really wanted to choose but i ultimately ended up picking ben wheatley's the kill list Mm. which is i have not seen the kill list i haven't seen it either it's so good it's full core it's 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 weird so when i first saw it i wasn't totally sold on it because it was i saw it sorry i saw it before i was kind of into slow burn horror and before i had an appreciation for that but it is this movie that is like this intricate web of weird culty cultist stuff and I really love full core and I watched it recently again this year and I just absolutely love the kind of like to be cheesy, the onion that it is and all of the layers you peel back as you watch it. It's just such, it's so masterfully done. I'm and I, I think not as many people, right now. <laughs> I don't think as many people have seen it and I want more people to see it. And it, it just is, it's a movie that has blown me away and that I think about it quite often. Um, and this was a movie, it, it like came out earlier in Britain and it had a bunch of other releases at festivals, but it eventually finally came to the US in 2012. So that was the, my number one of 2012, followed closely by The Loved Ones, which mm. is an Australian horror movie that is totally fucked up, but twisted in the best way. And then VHS. Am I pretty enough? I <laughs> oh, and no, then... it's going to be in my head all night again. You're welcome. <laughs> That's whatever I think of when I hear someone talk about the loved ones. Yep. And then VHS, um, VHS. the anthology oh, yeah. footage. Yes. It's not my top, but it was close. I think VHS absolutely shocked me and how much I enjoyed it and how much some of the segments really scared me and the creativity behind the usage, the, the usage of found footage and the different stories that were told. And I think it showed that found footage can be really beautifully used in short form. And I think it gave a voice to a lot of up-and-coming filmmakers as well. And I like the second one. I think I've only seen one and two. But I think VHS was like a pretty 
defining moment for found footage and anthology series, at least in my head. So that's my runner up. But my number one, like I said, is The Kill List. I need to go revisit it because I remember seeing it years ago and I didn't like it. And I and I but I don't know. I don't think I was in that kind of like slow horror, slow burn horror uh, mood that I, I am now. Like, I, it's like my totally my shit now. But at the time I was all about the like, well, this in the insidious and like the, you know, we're coming out of like the saws and like the gore. And like, yeah. The, so I don't think I gave it enough uh, credit. And I, I need to go. I need to go rewatch. That it. was what happened to me, too. I think it was one of those movies that came out at a weird time when a lot of, like you said, Insidiouses were coming out. And a lot of it was about jump scares and possession and like, mo- like very, very tangible monsters. It wasn't a more metaphorical mm-hmm. look at things. And so I think this was a, kind of a sleeper film. But I think it's getting more appreciation now. And I want to give it that appreciation because... I love Ben Wheatley as a director, and I think this is just, like, an absolutely phenomenal folk horror, especially if you love folk horror. Like, it's just, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I won't spoil it, because there's a lot of parts to it that, like, you just need to kind of see it and experience it. And it's pretty short, too, which is great. (laughs) Terry, what is your favorite of 2012? Uh, So this was an easy pick for me as well. Um, It's uh, The Cabin in the Woods. Um, It was, it's everything... I wanted in a horror comedy, uh, co-written by Drew Goddard, who also wrote Cloverfield. This is also his directorial debut. It's so smart from the way it deconstructs virtually every subgenre of horror to the performances to Chris Hemsworth hot buzz cut. <laughs> this movie Christ is basically Christ yes, Hemsworth. Christ Hemsworth's uh, very Christ-like buzz. Wait, no, no. Uh, this movie is is me in film and. I just love that the third act goes into some truly bonkers directions and unleashes every horror monster conceivable. I just, I was laughing with mad glee the entire time. Um, It kind of, it kind of made Cabin in the Woods movies, like just, it took the steam out of them. And I I think it's a smart movie. I think it's directed to perfection and I just, I can't say enough good things about it. Want to give a shout out to the the coffee cup bong in that movie too? That was pretty yes. genius. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. I love uh, that. Just so much. Yes, and the the way it ends, like I just, yep. I just, it's so good. And it's every great. single time I watch it, I pick up new little things or I see little new jokes that I missed before, and it's just, ah, it's so good. Well, and it's my go to movie to show my friends who are like, I don't really like horror, but I know it's Halloween and we want to watch something mm-hmm. scary. So it is my like go to movie for my friends who don't like horror movies, but want to be a part of the spookiness so that's my that's that's my favorite one to show those to show people that are kind of on the fence about the genre yeah and i mean and going back to um i forget which one of you said it but like the kind of the movies that you go back to i have watched this movie so many times since it came out it's just it's something that like if it's on i will just watch it or if i don't know what to watch i'll just throw it on because mm-hmm. i just it's i love it yeah good choice cool. what about you jessica so this is a dead tie it's between the loved ones because i love the loved ones i know you've seen me talk about it on twitter um am it's i pretty enough one of my favorites <laughs> but um one day i want to cosplay lola so bad oh my god and please. i'm going to make that happen one day <laughs> when i get up enough courage to actually do it please. um so I, I love the loved ones 
brilliant. It an, another simple idea, kind of gone bonkers. I love the level of gore and the level of cringe, and the visuals of it is just stunning. I love like that that stupid song, like that that little girl slash horrific woman just kind of binding together in a villain was amazing. It's 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 one of the one of my top for the decade as well, but. Um, another one is Ty West, The Innkeepers. Mm, I, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that either. Who hasn't seen it? Mary Beth? Mary Beth. And Molly. And Molly. <laughs> Molly and Mary Beth, your homework for tonight. <laughs> you Okay, I'll put on my watch list. to watch The Innkeepers. It is a, it's a total slow burn. There's, it is such a, it's such a moody, moody movie. And the tension just builds. And there's, I don't want to say that there's like a huge payoff in the end. It's, it's great, but it, there's nothing that goes like super bonkers or anything. It is just a movie that's going to leave you filled with that tension for like hours after you watch it. Oh, cool. Okay. Now, is this the one that stars the girl from Aquamarine? Yes, Sarah Paxton. Okay. <laughs> she is also a mermaid in this one. <laughs> oh, she's so great. Her, um, her and Pat Healy together like this is a role that i mean i don't know i'm not familiar with too many of her other movies i know that like aquamarine she's totally different in this she's she's so relatable and down to earth and and real and and so is he that their dynamic is different it's different for a horror movie it's not like the couple it's not like the strong woman either it's it's so like grounded and that's what makes it i think really special cool so is it is it worse that they haven't seen it or that I don't really No, like it? I never I, I always get initially mad when somebody says that they haven't seen a movie, like my poor soon to be husband no, I, when we I were going like through it. this list and I was like, You haven't seen any of these. What were you doing without me your entire life? Like the last decade, what were you doing? But I'm actually really excited because he saved himself and was like, Well now we have all these movies to watch and I was like, Aww, Yeah, yeah, that yeah, is cute. yeah. Yeah, very cute. But I was like, but Jesus, like, what? <laughs> it so, is always very interesting to me where I'm like, you haven't seen this horror movie? They're like, Mary Beth, you live in a bubble. I'm like, no, I don't. You just don't <laughs> live in my bubble. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my bubble. No, I, I never begrudge anybody for not seeing anything. That's just my initial reaction. But I'm excited because now I get to share with you, go watch this fucking movie <laughs> now. Okay. I mean, I've heard lots of good things about it, so it's always been one that I've that's been on my radar. But for some reason, I just never have gotten around to actually watching it. So now I will. <laughs> Yay! It's 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 fantastic, and I, I I love all of Ty West movies. So this one, it's different. Again, it was it was just something kind of different from like the saws, like you said, like Insidious and all that. It it's just something really. It's it is a classic ghost story i i feel like i need to go back and watch ty west films because i have not liked a single movie he's done oh and i i don't everyone loves them and i just i i've I've just it makes me wonder what i'm missing so i i feel like i need to go back and rewatch this in the house of the devil um because it's been a while I, i saw them when they first came out but I just, I don't know. Maybe I, mean, I was in a different headspace then, too, for those. They're definitely, some of his movies are not for everybody. I, I, I love 
a slow burn. I, I want to dissect things. Yeah. And I think that's what happens when movies happen too fast for me. I, I like to sit mm. there and I like to digest and I like to chew on things. And, and I think that the slow burn movies give me a little bit more time to like know what I'm seeing and figure things out. I like to put themes together and I like to make those little lists in my head. And so not everybody likes to do that. Some people are like, let's, you know, let's cut to the chase. What's going on? Right. And not all of his movies have like a, like a big giant third act, which yeah. I understand would be problematic. It's just, it's a preference. We don't have to agree. Yeah. Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I still love you anyway. Love you anyway. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Molly? Um, I had a hard time picking one for this year. Um, mm-hmm. Not because there were a lot, but because there were just like a couple that I really, really liked. Um, yeah. I think if I if I'm gonna stick with my whole ones that I rewatch the most, it's gonna be Cabin in the Woods. Also, okay. um, cool. I mean, I watch that movie all the time. Probably like at least once a year since I first saw it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. if not more than that um i lo- like you said like i love all the different creatures that are in it i mean the the merman kill is the greatest thing oh, in God, cinema so good. <laughs> oh, God. um and it's i like i mean i the shit that that film went through to get out there right it's also like i'm just rooting for it like yeah you guys did it and it was great it was worth all the pain you went through yeah, it was, it's one of those movies that was worth all the hype. Like I just remember mm-hmm. hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about mm-hmm. it, and it never came out. And then typically when that happens, it's like, oh. But I agree. I just it's it's so good. Yeah. And my my runner ups. Oh god, I was gonna say about uh, just on Cabin in the Woods. Does anybody remember being shocked by what it actually was? Because I don't know if I was just again not like exposed to the marketing. Because I don't watch a lot of like actual TV, especially back then. But I don't. I remember kind of knowing what it was about, but then also being completely blown away by what it was about. Or I went in with me? not knowing any. Anything I also yeah, went in I, I was surprised anything. by everything. I went in totally blind for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. But close runner-ups for that year for me were VHS, obviously, um, mm-hmm. and Sinister. Actually, was up there. Sinister. For me. Yep. Um, that oh, one. Yeah, I, I had Sinister written down, and then yeah. I kind of was like, "Eh." I that one. It's one like I, the very end of the film. I'm I don't love, yeah. but everything leading up to that is so good, and it creeps me out. And I actually just rewatched it fairly recently, and it still was super creepy. And then that last scene, I was like, "Oh, why'd you do that?" But yeah, <laughs> but the rest of it's really good. All I remember from that is the fucking lawnmower yes you don't need to say anything else the lawnmower that no (laughs) nightmare fuel all of those tapes are just so so horrifying or the the family um getting hung up on the tree oh yeah and it just lingers there oh god stop yeah as they just start to slowly stop i just got goosebumps (laughs) me too because you think of yourself you're like oh that could be me and my family that's like Mm. oh god i'm not going there (laughs) Yeah. Oof. Cool. All right. Okay, so that was 2012. 2013. 2013. So this was a... There There were a lot of movies that came out that year that I actually had... I saw, like, last year and the year before that I didn't realize came out in 2013. But the two that 
I'm having a hard time choosing between. And I think my number one, I'm, I think, is the Evil Dead remake mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Fetty Alvarez. Mm-hmm. The so Conjuring good. is so close behind it. It is, like, very close behind it. But the I have such a love for the Evil Dead. And I was so concerned that this yep. movie was going to be horseshit. And it was so fucking good. Like, the ending when it's, like, raining blood. It's <laughs> And it's all about her story and... They just come, they did, they did the thing where they made it Evil Dead, but not trying to be a shot for shot remake. And I was just absolutely blown away by it. And so that is why it's my number one. Yeah, good pick. Yeah. Uh, it's a great pick, especially considering that I. It's ironic that I just talked about how Cabin in the Woods took the steam out of the subgenre. Yeah, I know. I was going to say like, well, <laughs> except for that it's, one. <laughs> it's also my pick. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, it's. It's another one of those rare remakes uh, that proves that not all remakes in the 21st century are bad. It's gory. It's incredibly bloody. I loved how audacious it is. Like you just mentioned that it rains fucking blood in the finale. I just I I remember laughing in the theater just at how amazing and and gnarly it was. The practical effects are fantastic. The practical effects are fucking amazing. Like the arm that get that she cuts off and it just sort of like just dangles and then falls like. So good, so good. It's, or the woman, she cuts her face off. It's just, yeah. I just, it's ridiculous. Like it's disgusting, and I loved it. Like it was beautifully disgusting. Yeah, and have you guys seen the unrated cut? It's even better in my oh, opinion. Oh man, I don't know if I have seen. I don't the unrated think I cut. have. It um, so it was like it never got released, and then all of a sudden this year it got released on um digital, like VOD. And if you bought the original on iTunes, you got the unrated cut. Oh. When it got released this year, and then I think they also put it on a Blu-ray, but it's even better. It's even more gory. There's there's like extra moment. I think it actually adds a couple minutes to the runtime. Oh. Oh. Um, but I, this is one thing that I will say: if I wasn't canceled for my Exorcist comments, um, <laughs> this next part is going to probably send me packing. I love this movie more than any other movie in the Evil Dead series. Sorry, Dead by Dawn fans. This but film honestly, is better like, for me. I don't. I don't okay. disagree. I, it's not. My, I don't. I don't necessarily agree, but I can see why you think that. Yeah. Like. I get it. I don't think that's an unreasonable statement. Yes. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember putting it on Twitter and people going, ah, no, you're wrong. It's good, but you're wrong. <laughs> well, I think but no, I love this movie. I think this movie is the best of them. Well, and I feel like the the original Evil Dead trilogy serves a very different purpose than Evil Dead in my yeah. head. I think the Evil Dead trilogy, the first one isn't as much, but two and three are like, campy and silly and like a little bit Mm -hmm. over the top Mm -hmm. but then this one i think is meant to go like full body horror and not as silly i guess and i think they just serve very different purposes yeah well and did it it, didn't sam raimi even say that like what they did with the remake was what he wanted to do with the first film but he didn't have like the budget and he was yeah so young at the time so it's kind of interesting to see like what the film could have been if he had made it I don't know what was that like 30 years later yeah right well and like I respect the original series I expect I really respect the first movie I think the fact that you see what he was able to do on on a no budget and like the just the like we kind of talked Mary Beth about last episode about one cut of the dead where it's like an ode to indie filmmaking and that that is indie filmmaking right there I just I, I don't know I just I think the the new one just really really resonated with me a whole lot more cool what about you jessica 
I think it was 2013 from all the research that I did. Um, I'm going to go. I, I really liked the Evil Dead remake, but I went out for sushi before I saw it, and I am not a queasy person. And that was the first time I ever felt actually sick in a theater. So oh, yeah. bravo to the effects, because I was like, I can't watch the rest of this. I thought it was amazing. So anything that elicits a response from me, like emotionally or physically, is going to get, like, an extra star. Um, but I, I'm i going to put your next up at the top for my list. I really okay. liked that. I thought it was different. It was... I like the idea of um, of a dinner party gone wrong. And yeah. I thought it was... I thought it had a genuinely good twist in the end. I, I didn't see it coming when I saw it. And I I love that, that final girl. Oh, she's oh, so good. Man, that final girl. Aaron was her name in the movie. Aaron was her name in the movie, but I just thought that I still to this day think, what a badass. That's so cool. I would have died in two seconds. (laughs) 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 I would have been the girl that got like, like cut by that piano wire or whatever the kind of wire that was. That would have been me. Oh my God. That was, yeah. That was when I was like, this is a next level movie when she like (laughs) the slow-mo piano wire. (laughs) That's an awful way to die. (laughs) right oh my god the thing i really liked about that movie because that that was that was up there on mine as well is um how the the feeling of it changes the more you watch it Mm -hmm. like the first time i watched it i was like oh this is this is this is kind of scary and intense the second time i watched it i was laughing my ass off because it's really like a comedy of errors these Mm -hmm. these dipshit people are just fucking up the entire time and this one woman is basically taking everyone down uh, so like I, I love that it can just change um, how you how you interact with the movie based on more viewings. It's almost like a reverse Home Alone. Like the more you watch Home Alone, the more mm-hmm. you're like, "This is fucking horrifying." You're <laughs> laughing the first times, but then you're like, "Oh my god, this is like borderline like child kidnapping and yeah. child abuse." <laughs> so you could like, and realistically, right. they exactly should have like, died. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, everybody should have died in that movie or gone to prison or something. I'm like, those parents would never be able to parent ever again. <laughs> like, yep. So it's, it, that, that is the exact effect that that movie has. The more you watch it, the more you're like, this is hysterical. These people. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's a good so, choice. I'm, that was a good point, Terry. I like that. What about you, Molly? Um, it's funny because... All of my top three for that year have been mentioned. I had The Conjuring. I had Evil Dead. <laughs> I had Your Next. I had a really hard time picking, but I also went with Your Next. Uh, um, I, I absolutely love it. And like you said, like it's so... I remember seeing... I think I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. And just being blown away, like, this is so intense. This is awesome. And But then... I watch it now just because I have so much fun watching it and it it cracks me up, especially like when the one little guy is like stabbing he's like, why won't you die? You're making this hard for me. (laughs) And it's just like the, the characters are so ridiculous in the best way, but they're also like believable characters, even though they're ridiculous. Like they're kind of caricatures, but not so far out there that they're not people that you can imagine actually existing. Yeah, um, it, feel, it feels very much like a precursor to Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be a good double feature. <laughs> that would be an amazing double amazing. feature. You might not like trust your significant other ever yes. again after that. Yep. <laughs> or your family. I also just made my parents watch your next because they were here visiting for Thanksgiving. 
Um, oh. And my mom was not a fan, but oh, no. <laughs> that's okay. I also made them watch Overlord while they were here. So, oh wow, oh, so your parents fun. rule. Yeah, my mom I mean, did not have that. They didn't love it, but I made them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's such a good movie, and it's I I feel like that was a really strong year for awesome women that were like final girls, but more yeah. than your typical final girl. Yeah, I would. They agree. weren't I just like they weren't just surviving; they were fighting back, kind of women, which was awesome. Yeah, my second choice was Mama because I just love Jessica Chastain mm. in that movie. I, I, and like, I think the visuals in that are really great, even though I'm not super hyped up on the CGI. I thought that one is, that's like my threshold right there. But Mm -hmm. Jessica Chastain's character, and I forgot her name too, is so cool and unique and different. She's not this like quaint woman who then becomes stronger in the end. She's like kind of a mess and, Mm -hmm. and she, and she is different, I guess, because I like identify with her being different and. I loved her in that. So yeah, you're you're right. It does kind of it's like this looking at the list of the upcoming years, it's a interesting little push into strong female leads. Yeah. Cuz even in The Conjuring, it had a ton of yep. strong female leads in that. So it definitely yes. was a noticeable Gosh, trend. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. 2014. 2014. Um so my pick was The Babadook. Okay. I was... That movie just really took me by surprise, and I didn't expect to have such an emotional reaction to it. Um, It wasn't what I was expecting. I thought it would be more of a monster movie than it was, but I think Mm -hmm. I loved that it wasn't as much of a monster movie. Um, And it's Jennifer Kent's first feature, and I think it's just such an effective way of handling grief in a horror film and how and i think it's one of the first movies i can think of in a long time that handles motherhood in such a nuanced and complex way a lot of the time mothers in horror are either evil or just secondary characters and i think we talked earlier about just better diversity and better characters and even like jessica just mentioned with better female leads i think this movie just really showcases how you can have these complex characters and create an effectively scary horror movie. Um, I have watched this one a bunch of times. I get something new from it every single time I watch it. And it's just absolutely gorgeous and creepy. And somehow the Babadook became a queer icon, which is so weird and funny that that was a thing. Um, And then... The second, I, the Babadook was my number one, but then I wanted to do a shout out to A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Ah. Uh, yes. That's my number that's one really, I mean, I'm a vampire movie girl, so of course I had to give that one a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what about you, Terry? Um, so I have um, a little poem that I'd like to share. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> if it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid <laughs> of the Babadook. The Babadook <laughs> is mine as well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, it's, it's everything you said. I, um, it's, it's one of those movies that like, if you go out on Amazon and you do a search, you will find my review on there. It used to be the top review and it's not anymore, but it's also the review that people were commenting on and saying, this isn't a review because it's the movie that kind of 
changed how I wrote about movies. Oh, okay. Um, because I looked at it like I, I, I like to do now from more of a thematic aspect of it. And so I was digging in in this Amazon review that's supposed to be about should I buy this film or not, about how it's about grief and how it's about like this and that. And I just remember this one comment that was like, this is not a review. And then another comment, you spoiled it. And I'm like, I don't think I did. But yeah, so I, this movie's great. I love it. Um, it changed how I think about movies. And yeah, it's fantastic. Jessica, um, what about you? What about you, Jessica? It was also my my pick, my top up there. Um, cool. I loved it. I just thought it was so beautiful and different. I, I'm not, I don't want to say not well-versed, but I... I don't know a whole lot of those black and white movies. I haven't seen a whole lot of them. Those are like on my list of things to see. And I think it's kind of cool to have a modern movie in black and white because I appreciated it so much more. It's something so simple and you don't really notice that it's in black and white. I don't think that makes like a huge difference, but it does visually. It it completely changes the entire tone and the, the setting of the film. It just, I thought that was just brilliant. Cool. Yeah. Molly. Okay. <laughs> this is this is the year where it starts to get really difficult for me. I have four movies listed mm-hmm. and I still don't know which one is my favorite. <laughs> um fuck. <laughs> uh I if again, if I'm going by which ones I like the most or not mm-hmm. that I like most, that I've watched the most, it's the guest. Um, okay. Oh I, my god, that's not even on my list. I'm I'm obsessed with the guest. I watch it all the time. Um, I listen to the soundtrack all the time. Oh. Uh, like I love the music. I love the performances. Um, uh, Dan Stevens, right? And yeah. Mike oh, Monroe. Like Dan I absolutely <laughs> love them. Um, I use the gif of him walking out of the bathroom shirtless all the time. <laughs> Text me sometime, Molly. Okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, it's a really, I mean, it's really like the least horror of the films that I had listed on this one, but I just, I love the style of it. Um, and just like his performance, Dan Stevens is so fucking good in that movie. Like just from the subtle changes he did in his face, it's really unsettling, like how he can turn the charm on and then the second someone's looking away you can see the evil on his face yes um so but i also it's funny none of the other movies i had have been mentioned yet oh what were <laughs> so they? i don't know if that's good or bad um i also listed oculus um because i have oculus. an irrational fear of mirrors um okay only only lovers left alive oh um, what a good movie yeah i that's another one where i listen to that soundtrack all the time um, and then this one is probably the most out there one. I also had Tusk. I have Tusk on okay. my list, too. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've never seen Tusk. It's it's ridiculous. And it's it's one of the horror films that my husband likes to watch with me a lot. And, like, we'll, we'll pretend to be walruses because we're weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God, I love that. Amazing. Yeah. Like, we'll, like, we'll do, like, we'll do, like, 
put our hands out to the side and do the weird little hop that walruses do oh. to get around. <laughs> My God. God. Adopt me. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I, I mean, I if, want... as if people didn't think I was weird enough, I'm just going to put that out there now. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I want you guys to film this. I want to see this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Pixar didn't happen, right? It's it's such a weird movie, but it's I love it because it just goes balls to the wall weird and doesn't care that it does that. <laughs> it's so Kevin Smith. Oh, for sure, yeah. 100%. Oh, jeez. Okay. All right, 2015. 2015. Um, So my number one pick for that year is We Are Still Here. Okay. Which is a movie that caught me by off guard. It was a movie that I kind of watched with my boyfriend, Steve, at kind of on a whim, and we were speechless at the end of it. We didn't expect it to be so gory so bloody so Mm -hmm. fucking vicious but also so sad at the same time i mean i think i have i also seem to have a thing with like grief in horror movies i think i really love the examination of grief through like a horrific lens but it's such a a beautiful film and barbara crampton kills it in it and i think it's just phenomenal and it's short and it, it i think Something that I have sometimes in horror movies that are super short, it doesn't feel like you get to the like emotional core of some of the characters. But the writing in that film is so tight and so good. You feel like really close to the characters, even though the, the runtime, I think, is even is less than 90 minutes. So that was my favorite of that year, um, followed closely by Spring, which is oh, the first Spring. Benson, yes. the first Benson and Moorhead film I ever saw. And it that like started um, a love of their films. Um, it is like crafty and and it's actually i think i don't think it's the first movie i watched with my boyfriend but it's one of the first movies i remember watching with him because he's really into lovecraft and he was kind of helping me get into the genre and we watched this movie and it was so romantic and monstrous and it was so i just absolutely love that marriage of those genres so yeah it's those are it's so good that one's on my list too oh yeah i wish i thought about it's just Beautiful and creepy, and is set in is it in Italy? Yes, mm-hmm. it's just the setting is beautiful, and it's so different from their other movies. I feel like their other movies are about like brotherhood and friendship, which they're, and they're awesome, and but they take place kind of in the woods, um, and this one just feels so thematically different for them, but it's still beautiful. So, yes, yeah. super romantic. It is. It really is. Find you a movie. girl who turns into a weird tentacle beast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told Nick. <laughs> I mean, I kind of turn into a walrus. Does that count? Yes. <laughs> you are a Lovecraftian eldritch horror, Molly, and I love you. <laughs> You're the eldritch horror of my heart. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> love it. Oh, um, Terry, what about you? What is your top for 2015? Well, I'm kind of kicking myself for not picking uh, Spring, and I could switch to that, but what I chose was Krampus. Um, oh, but Krampus is a very good pick. <laughs> I I love this movie because I love Michael Doherty. He gave me something that I watch every year for Halloween with Trick or Treat, and now he's giving me something I watch every year for Christmas. Um, I've watched it every year that it's come out, or every year since it came out. Um, I it, it brings me back to like the the days of like gremlins and amblin horror and like i just i think it's it's so fantastic the cast is stacked uh you know it's it's you got tony collette who is 
amazing and goes on to do fantastic work in Hereditary and uh, this year's um, Knives Out, which she's so good oh, in. She's I so just good in that. has Adam Scott, who I've had a crush on ever since I saw him fake jerking off in that one HBO mo- show. <laughs> do you remember that one? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no idea. There is like <laughs> everyone's like absolutely not. What are you talking? <laughs> there is like there was like a show and it was like very controversial when it was on um, HBO and I God what was it called? Um, and he he was was it Tell Me You Love Me? Was yes, down? I think it was Tell Me. No, it was I think it was called Tell Me You Love oh. Me, and it was about uh, three couples and a therapist they share. And there's one scene where um, he is. It's obviously a prosthetic, but he is clear as day jerking off in it. Oh, booges! Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is on HBO, That's and I'm impressive. like, I have never loved him more. Uh, so, <laughs> wow, that really took us down. <laughs> I think we're just gonna edit that out. This did not happen. Nope. We're uh, keeping I'm gonna it bring in. out I'm bringing out the Men in Black flashlight. We're just gonna ignore that this happened. So Krampus, <laughs> Krampus is great. I love Krampus. It's funny. It's scary. It's uh, monstrous. It's it's fantastic. And what about? I'm turning red. What about you, Jessica? <laughs> um. Okay. Sorry, I'm not thinking about that. Um. All right. So 2015 is where it really started to get harder for me because it's just like I don't know all of them just one after the other on this list. It was really hard to be like, oh, I liked this one over this one because I think this is where the we start to get a little bit more of like genre films. And so my top, I'm splitting it in half again. Sorry, I'm a cheater. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to split this into three. I'm sorry. God it's, damn it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to go with The Invitation. Because the Invitation. That oh, okay. It's just, I think that's one of the movies that I do recommend to people because I'm, I don't know if that makes me like crazy or like, no, that makes me crazy. But I'm just like, no, you have to see this because it's not super horror. I, I like I like cult movies. Yeah. Cults are fascinating to me. I, I could I know that it's like super common right now, but I can consume all of them and still find something that I can I can just like get deeper into. It it's just such a it's such a fascinating like mind space for people to be in to me and I mm-hmm. understand them, but I also am frightened by them. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm scared by the masses and like groupthink is just terrifying. Um, and that one is another slow burn that I thought was just super effective that the end is such a payoff. And then it's also got that little twist that that's great. Yeah. Um, and that one actually really kind of fucks with you too throughout. I mean, yeah. you don't really know, are they in a cult? Are they going to try and kill all these people? <laughs> at this dinner party <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> the answer is that yeah <laughs> and my other one was creep uh, I, I, I love I, creep creep I fucked creep. me up <laughs> creep i think i got netflix so that i could watch creep because i had heard about it somewhere i don't even oh. think i was like i don't think i wasn't even like super much into social media at that point. Definitely not part of the horror community. But I don't know where I had heard it from, but I got Netflix so I could watch Creep. And I watched it alone. And again, that was another movie oh, that I God. was like, hey, everyone, like my two sisters, our boyfriends. I was like, 
we're all going to sit down and watch this. And <laughs> I don't know if it went over too well with them, but they were like, what the fuck is this? What is this? <laughs> it's so scary. I watched it alone and I was like, oh, this isn't going to be anything. I watched it home alone and like my dad was, I was living with my dad at the time and they were on vacation. All the lights in the house on all night. Yep. I barely slept. I locked all the doors and windows. It's, it freaked me the fuck out. I was like, nope, I can't sleep tonight. There's going to be a creepy dude in a creepy peach fuzz mask at my door. <laughs> it's like, so iconic. It's I, I so like iconic. Right? And like, I thought Mark Duplass was just like a lovable, like, dad bod dork. But Jesus, <laughs> he's terrifying in that <laughs> he's movie. He's so horrifying. And I suffer from severe empathy for people. And okay. yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing. And it's also a bad thing. It, in this case, obviously, it's a bad thing, because <laughs> I just always feel bad. I never want I'm the person that would stay there. Because I don't want that other person to feel bad or feel like I would leave Don't tell them everyone or, that, Jessica. Or... <laughs> Someone's going to tell you to come to their house. <laughs> I will stay with you forever. I will talk to you forever. It happens to me everywhere. It happens to me, like, even just as personal as my friends who I want to be with, I will I will be the last one to leave because I always want to stay and talk. And I And it goes for, like, work and everything else. I just always – I don't want anybody to feel bad ever. And especially I don't want them to feel bad – because of something I did and seeing the repercussions of what that could be is just brutal. I thought it was so real and so just fucked up and he is so effective. Like what a performance. It still gets me. And, and I liked the second one. I can't, I obviously can't wait for like his, the third one to come out, but I mean, Patrick Bryce is awesome. Like mm-hmm. what a dude. It, it was just, it was and it was interesting because it there was a, a, there was no final girl. There's like two people in this movie, and yeah. it's these two guys. One's weird. One's kind of shy. There's like you would not think that there would be like a whole lot of charisma, but Mark Duplass just punches it. He really just like brings it so hard. It's it's so good. I think that that's one of my favorites as well. He scares the shit out of me in that movie. Like, that movie made me, like, wary of him and anything else. I was like, I know what you're thinking for, you <laughs> fucking weirdo. Yeah, you're, like, laughing, but you're it's that scared laugh where you're like, I don't know what to do. A nervous laugh, like, ha, 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 help. Yeah, yeah, move away from the door frame. <laughs> like that, um, it's like that meme from The Simpsons, I'm in danger. I'm in danger. <laughs> With a smile on your face. <laughs> yes, Exactly. I, but, that but would be Peach me. That hot. would be me. Like somebody get me out of here. <laughs> but I'm just gonna Terry, stay. Did <laughs> Terry, did you say that was hot? I said Peach Fuzz. Oh, <laughs> f- f- good fucking god. <laughs> well, okay. there is that, that whole scene is there's something like like psychosexual so about it. Yeah, it is the way he describes that scene about his wife. Oh, I feel like that entire film is psychosexual. <laughs> Oh, definitely. It is. It's, Isn't he, he, like, it's the whole... so incredibly homoerotic. And the, when he's like standing there in the doorway and he's wearing the, the mask oh, and he's doing the rubbing little Rubbing up hip, on the door. <laughs> and like doing the like the hip gyrations. I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yes, peach fuzz. <laughs> Terry's yep. kink, peach fuzz. <laughs> yep, there we go. Oh, God. Well, I'm like, just going to cut this entire episode. He fills him in the bath. It's just very. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it being so psychosexual, but it is 100% psychosexual. <laughs> For sure. It, really it, it It, like, pushes you as a as a viewer because you're, and again, it's like that, that found footage, 
like, I don't know if it gets mentioned a whole bunch on, like, found footage movies, but you're in that position. You're in the bathtub with him. Yes. And you're in, mm-hmm. like, you're you're sitting there and he's telling you the story about his what he did you're to You're an accomplice. Wife. You're, like, you're a part of it. Yeah. You're, like, get out, but I'm going to stay. I want to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, uh, what was your favorite of 2015? Okay. This is another one where I had a ton of basically every year I have four, at least four movies listed. Um, (laughs) I I mean, I also had spring that was definitely up there for me. Absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, and I had some of the more obvious choices, like it follows obviously is up there. Um, and the final girls. Yes. Um, but I love the final girls. I think my number one that I'm going to go with is crimson peak. Yeah, it's so interesting. So I know not a ton of people like this movie as much as I do, but I like to me, Guillermo del Toro can do no wrong. I love everything he does. Um, (laughs) And I like I like the whole like gothic ghost story kind of feel of it. I love the visuals um, and the performances are amazing. And it's just so beautiful. Like, it's so pretty to look at. Um, But this this movie also holds a special place in my heart because despite how late in life it was for me, it was the first film that I went to see in theaters by myself. Oh, so cool. it was like, it, like it's kind of special to me because of that. Um, but yeah, and it's just the, the coloring, especially of that film is absolutely insane and gorgeous. Um, and Tom Hiddleston. So there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah. I think one and only movie where I find him attractive. Mm-hmm. It's the only movie where you find him attractive? Yeah. He's not really my thing, oh. but like that movie, he just used yeah. sexuality. That whole movie I is sexuality. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The movie is very Literally. sexy. That One thing that disappointed me about that movie is I think I thought it was a vampire movie. Oh. And it wasn't a vampire movie. Oh. <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> I, I was that. like... It, it was like, where are the vampires? Yeah. There's no vampires. <laughs> you could just like think of them sucking the lives out of the women. Yeah, maybe that's why that's everything true. is red. You know, could just be blood. True. I think that's why. I think they just assumed. I don't know why I assumed it was a vampire movie, but poor me was just like, this isn't what I want. I mean, it definitely but has the look of like beautiful. a Dracula type film. Yeah, so I, I could see that. For real. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was cool. a, that was another really good year for a lot of films. Ugh, it was. Yeah, there's yeah. so many. It's a turning point yeah. for and me. And honestly, I'm probably going to yeah, change my mind about all my decisions by the time we're done here. So. <laughs> Yeah, 2016 was when it got really hard for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like looking at my list and I don't even know what to say, but. <laughs> oh, God. So I. Th- okay, I'm going to commit. My favorite of 2016 is Shin Godzilla. Oh. Because I love Godzilla. I am a Godzilla freak. Everyone knows this probably. I love that big, thick monster boy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes mm, mm, i said it mm, mm. <laughs> uh, and so the thing with godzilla is that he's really silly like he is considered a pretty silly character i mean the fir- the original one from the 50s is pretty fucked up about nuclear war and then from there mm-hmm. it kind of becomes the silly monster movie but shin godzilla which was directed by hideki ano who did um Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is like one of the best anime series of all time, he it's took so a break from his horrible existential teenager mech series to make this new terrifying 
Godzilla movie where Godzilla is absolutely the bad guy. There isn't like, cause the, the one, the American versions that we've had have Godzilla as the good guy, which is, which is fine. But in Shin Godzilla, like it is straight up a horror movie. Like he has three creepy forms and he is just an all destructive force. And it is not just about that, but also about the horrors of Japanese bureaucracy and how it complete and how the inability for people to make decisions in the government leads to the death of, of thousands. And it is just such a beautiful marriage of monster movie and political drama. And I love the soundtrack. I still listen to the soundtrack. And it is a movie that I have watched so many times. And again, this is a movie that my boyfriend and I have really bonded over because he got me into into Godzilla movies. And we saw it. It was had a very limited run in theaters. And we actually got to see it in theaters, which was just an amazing experience. And um, yeah, it's just a movie I watch at least twice a year. And it's just stunning um it's a really prime example of how to do a good monster movie so <sighs> that's my favorite that's awesome. 2016. <laughs> <laughs> but i also have the witch on there obviously because how could i not have the witch on there yeah thomason is that very bitch <laughs> um and then i also had the wailing mm. which is a korean possession movie so good mm. that so absolutely love the wailing um it's so good and this is like a year where i really started not the first year, but like this is when I really started digging into international horror, especially Korean and Japanese horror. So there's going to be a lot more of that. Actually, no, there isn't. But um, <laughs> but those like that was the year I really started paying attention to horror that wasn't just from the U.S. Um, so that was a big year for me. That's awesome. Yes. Oh my gosh, that gave me anxiety just to pick. <laughs> right, <laughs> Terry. What was your favorite of 2016? So this year should have been hard for me because there were a lot of great movies that came out. But when I think back on this year, the movie that sticks with me the most is The Eyes of My Mother. Oh, yeah. oh cool. I actually am watching that this week for something. Have, have you seen it before? No, I haven't. Oh, God. It is. It is so fucking disturbing. I it, can't wait. <laughs> it, and like all of the violence is implied. You always see like the aftermath of it. Oh, interesting. But, like, okay. But there is some images in it, and it's filmed in, in stark black and white, and it's it's just I I have every time for for the longest time when I after I watch this movie every time I close my eyes I could see some of the images in it. Oh. it it really affected me and I couldn't stop thinking about it and I I think it's it's a fantastic um, excuse me uh, debut for um, Nicholas Pesci I think that's how you say his last name yes who. Uh, did piercing this year, which um, almost made it on my my top of the year list, and then he has the grudge coming out the grudge. next. But like the eyes of my mother, it's just it's. I don't want to talk too much about it since you haven't seen it. You're going to watch it this week, but it is fucked up. It is disturbing, and it is it got under my skin, and so that's why it's it was my favorite of the year in a year that had movies like The Witch. Yeah, and there's a really good interview with him I think on Shockwaves about his pretty short career but like really impressive career that it's was really, incredibly impressive i interviewed really him cool to... maybe last year did you really yeah around this time last year uh for piercing and man what a guy he, is he cool oh my god he's so cool he's yeah. so cool like he seems like he'd be cool he's 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 one of us i know that sounds weird like and I would like to think that all of these filmmakers really are, but the one when I get to talk to people, he is one of us. He 
draws inspiration out like a like a motherfucker <laughs> piercing was <laughs> i was looking forward to that because i i am a huge um fan of uh, mirakami so i was looking forward to that and i think he I, I will be a little bit of a snoot when it comes to, like, book adaptations, but he... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm one of those people. I am. I, I am, too. Don't worry. I, I feel I... bad doing that. <laughs> but <laughs> he he did that book justice on the screen. Wait, Piercing is a Murakami adaptation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Mary Beth, read it. I didn't it. know that! Oh, Excuse it's me. so good. <laughs> It's so oh good. Boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. I, I'm excited to see it, but now I'm really excited oh. to see it. You haven't seen Piercing either? No. I haven't well. either. Oh God. It's so good. I'm a piece oh of my shit. God. I know. Ah, uh, it's so good. No, I, I think it's awesome that you're going to get be able to watch it now, especially since you know that it, what it's based on. It's good. It's really good. I know. And I also just like, like that. I don't know. It looks sexy and like a fucked up. <laughs> it, that's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it to a T. <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, Molly, how about you? Um, oh God, I like, I feel like I'm going to make <laughs> that noise every time it's my turn to get to a year. I... <laughs> um, obviously I also had the witch, um, train to Busan was up there for me. Um, yes, I, I, I forgot oh, so much in train yeah. to Busan, but good Lord, what a good movie. I like, I almost I picked Hell House LLC just because that movie scares oh. the ever loving shit out of me, no matter how many times I've seen it now. Um, but I, I'm going to go with green room. Green room's my number one. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I, okay. That was a runner. That's a good choice. I mean, that movie, that was, so first, that was the first film that I went to like a, um, uh, a press screening for it. Um, so it was oh, like, cool. I live in the middle of buttfuck nowhere now, so I don't have that option. But, um, then it was amazing and it, and it's, so that, in that regard, it has a special place for me. But also, like, Anton Yelchin is, cool. like, I miss him so much. Rip. He's so he's amazing so in that movie. His performance is great. I mean, he's great in every movie he does. Um, but it's, like, the fact that we don't get to see his career continue makes me sad. And especially, I feel like this was, like, the height of his career of what we had seen from him up to this until yeah. he passed. So, But that this movie surprised me. Like, I was expecting to go in and, like, root for some, like, to see some Nazis get their ass kicked and killed and stuff, some neo-Nazis. Um, but it was so much more than that. <laughs> and I love yeah. how punk rock it is. And I, like, it's surprisingly gory and violent. Like, it sneaks it's up really on you. Violent. Especially really that is. first scene when, like, they grab his arm through the door. And you don't see what's happening, but then he pulls it back through, and it's just cut to shit, and it's so realistic looking. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that part, as soon as that happened, I was like, yep, this movie's amazing. I absolutely love it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. 2017. This is another really hard one for me, because, like, Get Out came that year, and a bunch of movies that came out in 2015, but actually a distribution came out this year. And so my list for 2017 got real stacked real quick. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to pick Raw for my 2017 pick. My yes. uh, coming-of-age cannibalism French movie because <laughs> it's just, again, sexy and weird and about feminine rage and kind of this what it 
can physically embody itself as. And it really, it really opened my eyes to what, to how gross women directors can be. And and then I mean that in a very good way. And I think this got me really into, I really liked French, no extre- uh, the French, no extremity genre in college. Mm-hmm. And this one got me like even more deeply invested in that, especially women who direct films within that subgenre, like films like in my skin, which is about auto cannibalism and stuff like that. So raw just had like a very deep impact on me as like a film critic as an, an and an academic. Um, so absolutely love that. But I, I, you know, get out was like a huge, like, t- like milestone, I think for the horror community and just like horror in general that year. Um, Black Coat's Daughter came mm-hmm. out that year, oh, I which that. I absolutely love. Another slow burn, but like, what a fucking awesome possession movie. And then The Devil's Candy came out oh, that year yes. too, which is like so good. And he's so he's hot. So and hot in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so hot in that movie. It's hot dad. But it's just such. I, I didn't watch that. I, it was on Netflix for a while, and I was like, this won't, this doesn't look that good. And then I finally was like, no, I need to just watch it. And I'm, I can't believe I slept on it for so long. That movie is just so fucking good. And, like, the music is amazing, and it's just this amazing marriage of punk rock and demons and grotesque stuff that I just really can get behind. And he directed, he directed The Loved Ones, didn't he? He did. Sean Burns. He did. So, He's just really good at making these really effective fucked up movies mm-hmm. that like you love but you kind of hate at the same time <laughs> for being so disturbing. That one was my yeah. top two. Uh, the Devil's Candy was was right there with Get Out. Get Out, I think, earns extra points because of how like what it did. It was such a turning point. But The Devil's Candy was like my personal one because me and my dad are huge metalheads, and oh, cool. so wow. everybody's always looking at us like what what the fuck do you listen to? <laughs> and we go to concerts together, just me and him still now. We're, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He's he's my buddy. So it, it, like, it was a different dynamic to see between a father and a daughter in a movie. And I was oh, like, oh, yeah. and this is like something like me and him have. And I love my dad to death. And it was just, I thought that was really cool. And it is so, it's so metal and, and so <laughs> like fun metal. and the color and, Ethan Embry that that movie made me start my hot dads list for <laughs> Nightmare on Film Street. <laughs> I think that was when I started Nightmare on Film Street writing for them in 2018 and so I think that that movie had was just still lingering on me and I think that was like one of the first few lists that I did that year for Father's Day. I was like amazing. Hey guys, amazing. I'm going to shake it up here. <laughs> well, and when you think about how Ethan Embry in the 90s was like this like stoner character mm-hmm. right like, like just this kind of a goober dork and then you see him in that movie and it's like yeah god damn mm-hmm. god damn now we sound like the guys from sure. like king of yeah. the hill like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true i'm not gonna say it plays into my movie choices but it 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 it, it, it it's on the rubric <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of that i'm pretty sure it came out in 2017 um mainstream was uh better watch out i Mm -hmm. i don't know what like i don't know what it was about that i that was also something that completely took me off guard Mm -hmm. 
that I wasn't expecting what it was. Gay director. It's amazing. I love him. Terry, what were your favorite? What was your favorite of 2017? Um, so this was a hard year for me to choose and I I went with a movie that just gave me so much anxiety. It was such a a very anxious watch for me and I haven't watched it since and I I part of me really wants to go back and watch it. Part of me just wants to let that experience just sit the way it was mm-hmm. have you guys ever had had a movie like that where it's like yes. you just yes yeah quite a so few. it was <laughs> yep. it was mother i knew that's what you're um, gonna say <laughs> <laughs> i fucking hate that movie but that I, movie but is like, like for similar so i just want to hear what you like why you like it so much because that might be why i hate it <laughs> it's 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 an introvert's worst mm-hmm. nightmare yep yep um <laughs> And I'm I'm sitting there and I'm watching this character and it's before you start to like realize just how insane the story is going to get. And she is in this house and people just keep coming and she can't get to by herself and they just keep coming and they keep sitting on her fucking (laughs) sink. And she keeps telling them, please, please get off the sink. Don't do that. And they keep doing it. And no one listens to her. And it's just. It is so, <laughs> it is so, I'm like, I'm getting like mm-hmm. anxious right now just talking yeah. about it. It is such an anxiety driven movie that I, I, I don't know if I ever want to experience it again, but at the same time, it is what a masterful, um, masterfully made movie. The, the ending where it's basically one long take as the house goes through different decades. It's just, I'm like, how is this, how is this movie made? Is this even a movie? How, how, how? how and it just I, it it just blew me away and i th- i think i think the themes i think you can look at it from many different ways mm-hmm. of like it being a critique on organized religion or being a critique on like the kind of god complex that creators have or the kind of like uh climate change like there's there's so many ways you can like take the story and i've seen so many people write different articles about it i think in coming from different directions i just think it's it's a movie that I just I, I think is is a masterpiece that I never probably want yeah. to see again. I feel the exact same way. Like okay. it's beautiful. It's so well done. And it's mm-hmm. it literally is my worst nightmare. I was borderline having a panic attack mm-hmm. the right. whole time I was watching it. I had same. I actually had yeah. a panic attack when and I saw that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's horrible, but in the best way. And I like obviously it's effective filmmaking because it elicited that reaction, but I never want to watch right. it again. Ever. <laughs> Right. I do not need to experience it right. again. <laughs> like whenever yeah, it's just like I'm, I'm, I'm like all tense just thinking about that about it because like just oh god. Mm. So like I, I mean you know it, it's it was hard it was hard to choose this one because I mean obviously Get Out is such a important and influential film that has like kind of changed uh, the way we look at. at at movies and the and the diversity in movies since then i think that's fantastic i think it's it's a it's a great movie it's probably it probably is one of the the best of the year but for me this movie just i i couldn't not talk about it because i anxiety (laughs) yeah that movie made me so uncomfortable (laughs) in the best way for me like if a movie can elicit that feeling it's it's good Molly, what was your favorite of the year? Um, this one, for some reason, this year was a little bit easier for me. 
Um, and it's funny because okay. since I've been writing film reviews, I've done like my best of the year list. And I went back and looked at this year and my number one when I for this year when I wrote it was Shape of Water, um, which I still absolutely mm. love. Wow. But I haven't had that desire, like that need to go back and rewatch it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which obviously that's not a criteria if I never want to see Mother again. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was really torn between two. Raw was one of them. I absolutely love okay. Raw. Yes, it's yeah. fantastic. It's beautifully made. The performances are amazing. Um, I love the like weird dynamic between the sisters in that. Um, I so I'm weird. weirdly drawn to movies with like messed up sister relationships. And I don't know why. Okay. I mean, I assume it's because I I have an older sister, but she's nine years older than me, so it's kind of like having two only children. Um, oh, interesting. So okay. I I almost wonder if that's why, because like my sister and I didn't get close until I was in my twenties, really. Um, oh, okay. But the other film that is is probably I'm going to say it's tied with Raw, even though they're two very different films, is uh, Tragedy Girls. I oh. I love Tragedy Girls. I it's it's I love the like satirical kind of take that they did like on social media and young people mm-hmm. like the lengths that they'll go and like the that these kids are basically sociopaths <laughs> in their quest for fame. Right. Um, but I also love the dynamic between the two girls. Like that, it's one of those films. I mean, it kind of almost reminds me of, like, the Disney movie Frozen, where it shows that, like, your sisterhood or your friendship is more important than anything else, which is kind of a weird film to connect it to. Interesting. Um, I like it. But I, I love the dynamic between the two of them. And it's just, it's such a fun, ridiculous movie. Like, I, I have a, like, one-sheet poster of um, of that one. It's so good. It's just, it's one of those movies that it's oh. fun. It's so different from Raw. Yeah. But both of them, the main reason I love them is because the dynamics between the two female leads. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of the movies of that year, that's the one that I, I, I gravitate to and I will watch it mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and I, I definitely, like I, I wrote an article this year about how I, I considered the, the queer subtext of it because um, I, I think they're in love and I think it's it's a refute, it refutes the idea of heteronormativity by the end of it in a very murderous way but um <laughs> but yeah i it's it's probably the the most fun movie of that year and the one that i i go back to so I, i'm glad you i'm glad you included it i completely forgot that it came out that year <laughs> i'm sure i thought it came out a, a different year first until i went back and checked <laughs> last few years have kind of been yes. a blur right right <laughs> that's a good one okay we're getting close to the end, guys. Uh, we are. Almost there. 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was, this, was a, this was both a very easy year and a very difficult year because some of the movies that I have written the most about came out this year and the movies that I really latched on to came out this year. And the two that I really had a hard time, both had a hard time and didn't have a hard time choosing between were Hereditary and Revenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ultimately revenge is my number one of that year um it has as you guys have seen 
over and over again on social media. It has shaped my research interests. I wrote my master's thesis on this movie. It has shaped like what I write about a lot. It has shaped me wanting to write books about female directed rape revenge movies. It has like shaped my life in a very fascinating way. And it is such an influential movie for me and such an impactful movie for me. Um, Followed closely by Hereditary. Thank you, Ari Aster, for ruining my entire life with this film. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, last year, last year was the first year, one of the first years I really was starting to pay attention to indie films as they were released rather than going back. Mm -hmm. Last year was, I think, the first year that I really started writing. Like this year and last year were like my big years as a freelancer and really starting to freelance. Um, So there was a lot of movies I saw and got to review for the first time. And I just also want to mention Mandy because fucking Mandy is like the best, like the most visually beautiful, one of the most visually stunning movies I've ever seen. Um, But yeah, Revenge is my number one of 2018. What a great choice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I I stand by it. I love that movie. (laughs) Terry, what about you? (laughs) you So 2018 is is kind of a big year for me because that's when I started my site. That's when I started like seriously write about movies um and i think there was so many really good movies like my i was looking back at my top 10 and i'm like okay there's anna and the apocalypse came out hereditary revenge pie Wacket, oh, what pie keeps you alive cam um like there's just so many fantastic movies that came out last year suspiria mm-hmm. um and like it also got me thinking about how this list when we look back on it in a few years, will probably be different because my number <laughs> one, if you go back to my website, my number one that I chose last year was Suspiria. And it's not my favorite now. My favorite, because the movie that I, I have not been able to stop thinking about since I first saw it, is Hereditary. Okay. I I love this movie so much. Um, I think it it's it's a movie that, unlike Suspiria, it's a movie that I can go back to and rewatch over and over again, but I can also pick up so many different things every single time I watch it. And it, it's one of the movies that like my opinion of what's going on in it changes. It's one that like, I think you can have a conversation about from two different people and two different people read it a completely different way. It's, it's my kind of shit. It's the kind of movie that I like to watch where it's all about what's going on behind the scene as well as what's going on in front of it. And I think, I think it's, it's it's just brilliant yes it's such a punch right to the face it's it was my number one as well and i i think it's my number one of the decade like standing tall it's Mm -hmm. you know how everybody goes back to maybe not terry but like everybody says like the exorcist is like the scariest movie i think (laughs) this will this will be something that i'm gonna like have to save for my children when I want to completely torment them. And when I'm like, you're ready. (laughs) Cause that's what my parents did for me with with the exorcist. Like my my mom can't watch scary movies, but for some reason she can watch the exorcist and Halloween, like the original. And so, well, your mom, doesn't your mom watch scary movies from the kitchen? Oh my gosh. With her eyes closed. That was the, um, the Halloween 2018. (laughs) Yeah. The pictures you posted on Twitter was so fucking funny of your mom. Oh my God. She like plugs her ears and closes her eyes and just she can't take her eyes off the screen but then she's also at the same time like i don't want to watch this get this off take this off i don't want to watch it (laughs) but she really took a liking to it she wanted to watch it again i don't know if it was like the halloween spirit this year but she wanted to see it she actually came to the theater to go see that with us she never does that 
but huh. she she loves that's her cool. Halloween, so I think that's where I get it from. But Hereditary, I, I'm I'm very close with my parents. Um, my whole family's very close, and my mother's mom, you know, she lived close here with us, and they they fight like mother and daughter do. You know, one day they're they're pissed off at one another, the next day they're fine. They got yeah. into it one day and then two weeks later my poor grandmother died and they didn't talk and oh my god it was awful and that was a month before hereditary came out so we went to go see it in the theater not only was i like struggling after that like that first 30 minutes that i was like holy shit this uh, you knew it was a game changer going into it you knew what everybody was saying about it but i was like oh holy shit and then right after that you don't have any time to recover because it just is relentless. And that scene of Tony Collette just screaming and crying on the floor hurt. It was like, yeah. I'm yeah. terrified, but I'm also so upset by this. And this is so relatable because, like you said, Mary Beth, like grief, it's something we all experience. Hopefully you don't have to experience it like that. But, like, that is such, that's so real. It's so human yeah. and so relatable. And it's something that kind of comes for us somewhere along the line <laughs> and yeah. so I thought that that I was like dang I left that movie like terrified and crying and my yeah. my, my poor sister she's she was 20 like 23 when that came out when we went to go see it and <laughs> she was living across the room from me at this time and it was two weeks after we went to go see the movie and in the middle of the night she was screaming and we're not like people that have nightmares or anything i've never had a nightmare from a movie neither have they but she was screaming in the middle of the night and she said i was afraid of tony collette (laughs) 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 well and to go back on like on your, your comment about grief it's that is the most you don't see that kind of grief in movies you don't see that sort of naked um sadness that that um in in film at all and the fact that he trusted her to be able to do that mm-hmm. and pull it off in a way that wasn't didn't come across as silly because sometimes you know when people cry it, there's like that kind of line between it being funny and it being sad and she just owns that grief in such a powerful way and i think the, the scene that scared me the, the most out of that movie was and i i've talked about this multiple times but when she tells the kid, and yeah, it's a dream, but she tells the kid she didn't want to have him. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. terrifying. That was the... Like, that, that scene, above anything else, like, it took the air out of me. It felt like I got punched in the stomach. Um, and, yeah, oof, that movie. I think that what makes that movie so brilliant is that it's beautiful, but it is so fucking ugly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, like, That's a way to describe like it. Like the crying, like you said, like there, there. We've seen grief in movies, especially with the movies that we watch. But that movie is the ugly grief. It's not. It it's is not all consuming. It's it's and it's not even like you know the Kim Kardashian ugly cry. It's <laughs> it's that nasty heart, like hurtful, upset, like on the floor, like no control over yourself, and that's what makes yep. it scary because then it doesn't stop it's it's punching you in the face with both of those of the worst emotions you can feel and it's just oh and then there's the resentment with her saying that it's just it's so much it's, we need a palate cleanser talk about like overlord <laughs> <laughs> molly what are you to yeah. help us <laughs> 
Turn this I, plane around. I have a, I have a four-way tie. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I mean, obviously, Hereditary and Revenge are two of those top ones. Um, and then Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. my fourth one is actually Annihilation. Hell, yes. Hell, yes. <laughs> Annihilation. I, like, all four of those films are ones that I've rewatched more than once since I saw them in theaters already. Um, and yeah. I love the music for all of them. They're all visually amazing. The performances in all of them are fantastic. Um, and all of them, maybe with the exception of Revenge, just because the, its vibe is a little different than the other ones, but, like, all of them left me... I don't even know how to describe the emotion. Like, with a pit in my stomach almost afterwards. I was going to say, they left me feel, they left me feeling yeah, empty. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Annihilation, Suspiria, Hereditary, all left me with that. Revenge, I was more like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's a little <laughs> bit more like, like you said, like, kind of empowering. Yeah. But they make you, they, they, they have this nihilism yes. to them. These, like, they're, they, resol- they don't really resolve. They just kind of leave you hanging on these just, like, really kind of dark notes where you just feel, like you said, a pit, like a dark pit in your stomach. Yeah, and it's, it, it lingers for a long time, too. Like, even thinking about yeah. it, I can, I can feel that feeling again. And, like, with her... Me, too, in oh, my stomach. <laughs> I feel like, for some reason, especially, there's something about Annihilation that really left me feeling that way more so than the others, like... I even when I've even in the times I've rewatched it, I'm just like, holy shit, that's just like I hate I hate people, but I'm also thinking, do I want everyone to be gone and have us all end up like people in that film did? I don't know if I want that. (laughs) Have you read the books? Yes, I fucking love the books. Oh, the book they're so beautiful. Um, they're really the trilogy is really good, and I think. Alex Garland did a really good job of making the movie into some, like taking the source material and making it something mm-hmm. different. Um, just because I think the the book is so utterly complicated, yes. um, but it is yeah. beautiful. And I feel I got the same feeling reading the book that I did watching the movie. Yeah, even though like it's it, it just, goes in a different direction, it's definitely like I still was left with that emptiness afterwards. But it's it, it's just so full of yeah. dread. But it's a good emptiness, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm glad I felt that way. (laughs) Which sounds really bizarre to say, but, like, I felt... I was was okay with it. In my life, I don't want to feel that way, but (laughs) getting that feeling from a work of art is fine. I just watched it for the first time maybe, like, two months ago, and I've been wondering what that fucking feeling of dread was. (laughs) And now I feel like I know what it is. It's still on me, yeah. and now I want to read it. So yeah, the, yeah, you should check out the trilogy. It's they're, really they're good. awesome, and like the trilogy in general has that sense of just like almost ennui, like just <laughs> to use a big like a fancy word. Sounded great. Like this this very nihilistic approach to the world that you like to you. It's a, you want to keep experiencing it, but you're also like, what is going to happen? Like, what is coming around the corner? Um, it's very like Lovecraftian mm-hmm. in a way. Um, it's I equate it to like a much better version of like Lovecraft, yeah. <laughs> not the race. Well, and I feel like what what makes it so effective too is that, um, like w- as humans, we feel so secure with our position, 
And I feel like both mm-hmm. the books and the film Annihilation are like, you have no idea what your position in the world is and you could be wiped out at yeah. any moment. And it's that, yeah. that really and fucks it's like with a creep. <laughs> yes, it does. And it's just like this very sudden, but also creeping like annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, when she says annihilation in the movie, I was like, she said the title of the movie. Like kind of loud in the movie theater. And I was one of those people. I just thought it was very funny. I love when they do that in movies. It's hilarious. It's the best. Um, Cool. Okay, guys. We're at 2019. Whew. We're at the end. We're at the end. This is the end. We did it. We did it. So for listeners who um, had have been anticipating Terry and I, our, our pick, our top picks of 2019, here they come. Um, Jess, Jess and Molly, we did our, we, Terry and I did our top horror of 2019, and we're revealing our number one on this oh, episode. Okay. So my number one of... 2019 is Daniel isn't real. Yay. Yay. Which I know. I'm so, it was a movie that kind of snuck in for me at the end of the year. I hadn't caught it at any festivals. And so I was lucky enough to watch it like end of November and it blew me the fuck away. Like I knew I was going to love it. It was one of the most, like one of my most anticipated movies of the year. And it just absolutely blew my expectations out of the water. It was such a fascinating examination of mental illness and i mentioned this in a previous episode about when um his mom says it's like lightning going off in your brain it's how it feels like when i have a manic episode like a lightning strike in my brain and it just handles mental illness in this really interesting way that is both like horrifying and complex and careful and the soundtrack is absolutely fuckable and Mm -hmm. i can't stop listening to it at work and it's just a movie I have not been able to get out of my head. And it's just my favorite of the year. And it kind of knocked my list apart a little bit in a good way. It kind of disrupted what I was expecting were going to be my favorites of the year. So that is number one of 2019. It's so good. Terry, what about it's you? It's so good. Um, so I think uh, people that listened to last episode could probably figure out what mine is because... I didn't talk about it last episode, even though we talked about it because it was on your list. Um, but it's Knife Plus Heart. Um, I loved this movie because it could have easily have been like a pastiche of the of Giallo films, but it actually felt like a lost film that that could have been released at the time. Um, it it deals with the LGBTQ community at a time. Um, in the summer of 1979, when the AIDS epidemic was looming in the future, and I, it's, I found it a very powerful metaphor for what must have been going on in in uh, gay sex workers' lives at the time, where having anonymous sex with someone could potentially spell your doom, and not knowing that that it was going to kill you, because this this is before. AIDS became known as what it was. And so there's you have this unknown and faceless killer who seems intent on killing gay sex workers with the switchblade phallus. You have the cops that don't want to do anything because they're just all a bunch of faggots anyway. You have like all of this stuff going on. And by the end of the movie, 
Um, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but at the very end of the movie, it kind of gives the power back to these uh, to the gay men that have been targeted and allows them to get revenge that they couldn't get in life. And so it's a very, I found it to be a very powerful movie, a very moving movie. It's beautifully shot. The soundtrack is fantastic. And I, I, it's, it's my favorite movie that I saw this year, hands down. It's, it's amazing. It it's is. just so gay. It's so beautiful. It's just perfect. Shit, I'm the only one that hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, it's it's so on Shutter. I know. It's. I keep it's meaning Shutter. to watch it. There are just too many movies to watch. I know. It's. <laughs> it's true. This was one I've been waiting to see too. I, so many people had seen it, at like Con and at the cool European festivals, and I was like, I want to see it though. Please? I aggressively tracked this one down earlier in the year. Um, this was like the first time that I actively went out of the way to track down the, the film studio that, that did it, oh, getting in touch okay. with whoever made it, because I had to see this film. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you loved um, it so much. It really is yeah, such a like, beautifully made movie. It really is. Very modern, noir. Yeah. yeah. Jessica, what was your favorite of the year? Of 2019. So you know how I said I was a severe book snob adaptation or book adaptation snob before? Um, My favorite of the year, and I'm a huge Stephen King fan, it was Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Oh, really? It really was. I I loved Midsummer. I really did. I loved The Lighthouse. I actively saw everything that I could in the theater this year and everything that I can. And I've been unemployed for about four months so I just crammed (laughs) shit in because you would think that you wouldn't want to work but let me tell you something (laughs) after a while Daniel is real (laughs) you you, you just can't not do anything you're like I need to do something I needed to do something it was the most I wrote too I I just I kept saying to John and Kim I was like give me something I will do this (laughs) interviewed people it was just it was it was it was good but I I've seen a lot this year, and the reason that I put Dr. Sleep up at the top is because I truly, to my core, did not think I was going to like it. I knew I wasn't going to like it. I I like Mike Flanagan. I think he did a beautiful job with uh, The Haunting at Hill House, especially um, with all the ghosts that were in the shots. Mm-hmm. The, like, There's like a hundred or something ghosts. I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. I didn't see that. I had to go and look at them. I thought that was great. Midsummer literally gave me homework, and I, I love and hate that at the same time. I like to go home and search and see what what I was missing or what I didn't know about before I watched a movie. But when it came to Doctor Sleep, and I'm really critical of all of Stephen King's adaptations. I I love them, and then I hate them at the same time. And this one, what Mike Flanagan did with bringing The Shining back into like a modern audience's screen was unbelievable i the shining is obviously one of my favorites it's one of my favorite movies it's one of my favorite books it's it's one of those untouchable like you can't like remake jaws ever you can make all the sequels you want but (laughs) you can't you just can't do that and so thinking that he was going to be bringing back such I mean, untouchable, iconic pieces of horror. He d- it was flawless. 
I thought it was great. I, it worked well. He he paid attention to the stuff that Stephen King wanted, and he also had Kubrick. And it was almost like he was like a peacemaker between these two mm-hmm. opposite worlds. And, and he brought them together so, so beautifully. It was, you know, the between like the uh, the aging and all of that, when I first saw that trailer and they had a couple of the shots from The Shining mixed in with all of that, that new, um, all the new scenes, I was like, okay, okay, this might work, but let's see it play out. And I thought it was great. I, I really think that he caught w- more slack than he deserved. I think that we should have looked at that. Everybody should look at it and go, go see movies in the theater and see what they're about. And, you know, do your homework. It's, it's yeah. fun to, I like to nitpick movies just as much as anybody. I'm horrible <laughs> five minutes after a movie. I need to, I need to sit for a second, but I mean, it was what he did, I think was like a huge challenge that he took on and he faced it. And I think he gave it his all. And I thought it was, I thought it was a great way to, to marry the book and the, and the movie. Cool. Who knew when he did Gerald's game that that wouldn't be the hardest adaptation, right? <laughs> so many of Stephen King's books are, I don't even know how, the ones that are like, that are out now that are adaptations are, some of those when you read them are like, I don't even know how they, how they did that. It's, and Gerald's yeah. game is definitely one of those, but now when you see it, when you see it on Netflix and stuff, you wouldn't even ever think that that would have been hard to adapt. Yeah. Right. But then you, 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 but then you look at this movie that not only did he have to, to deal with the fact that the movie, the shining is more, um, common knowledge and more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Canon, I guess than, than the book is because more people have seen it than have read the book. And it's, it's, it's iconic. And the fact that he could take that, a movie that Steve, that Stephen King hates and somehow bridge it with the the book is I I think that's a, a, amazing right so and, I, and I, do I, it can, well. I can see definitely yeah and do it well because I'll tell you what I did not like that Doctor Sleep was one of the books I do not like Doctor Sleep was one of those books that only because I think that like since The Shining is what The Shining is I never thought that anybody would ever even touch it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, or not anytime soon. And I think, I can't remember what year Dr. Sleep came out. It was a couple of years ago. And you don't think that anybody would do that, touch it, at, like adapt it. But he did. And, and, and it was, and it was a movie in, in, um, in the cinemas too. I feel bad. It didn't get like a huge opening box office. I think that's what, uh, it didn't get like the reception that, it needed to have but i'm kind of hoping it catches on for more people and especially people who love stephen king and love stanley kubrick it's i think it got a lot of flack and i i loved it so i put it at the top of my list cool i haven't seen it yet so i need to see it i like i didn't like the book so much um but i've heard i mean i've heard pretty I've heard mixed things about the movie, but overall, relatively positive. So I'm gonna, ca- I'll, I'll definitely check it out when it, when I can watch and, it. And it, it and it does deviate from the book 
in the in the ending like it's it does not stick with the book and again that's something that i'm just like pushing my glasses up like you know like (laughs) well actually in the book this person and this person this happens and and it and it it does not stick with the book but in a good way in a really good way forgive me stephen king read the source material for either book um but i like uh Doctor Sleep was in my top for this year. It's like it, again, even though I haven't read the source material, I've obviously seen The Shining, and I feel like he did do such a good job of like combining the two inspiration while still kind of making it his own. Um, and just the casting in that film alone is so good. Like the casting of Wendy and and oh my god, it's and the performances are fantastic. And I I'm gonna say something that's gonna probably make a lot of horror people hate me. <laughs> Um, I think I like Dr. Sleep better than The Shining. Whoa. I know, bold statement. Um, That's a hot take. Just because, for me, I I love the original Shining. Like, I've seen it so many times. It's fantastic. But I think what Dr. Sleep has that is kind of missing from The Shining is a little, is like the heart of the film, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, it's... I don't feel particularly connected to any of the characters in The Shining the way I do in Doctor Sleep. Oh, interesting. Um, like I, that's where this that's where the source material like comes in. That's what it was missing. I think that's why Stephen King did not love it as much because he puts hearts and souls mm-hmm. into his characters, and that's kind of what's missing in The Shining adaptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's very. I mean. Obviously, they're in a cold landscape, but like emotionally, it's cold, and like it's it's mm-hmm. totally yeah. different in in Doctor Sleep. And I love that they build on the mythology a lot more in that as well. So mm-hmm. I know I'm probably going to get mm-hmm. so much shit for that, but I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's hey, your... you justified oh. it. Yeah, you did. So what is your top of this year, then, um, Molly? I have another three way tie. <laughs> I mean, granted, okay. who knows? By the time this comes out, because I'm going to be putting out a top 10 of the year list on my website, I may have made a decision by then. But as of right now, it's a three-way tie between Dr. Sleep, Daniel Isn't Real, and Midsummer. Um, and since Okay, we, that's, a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty intense yeah. three-way tie. And it's, I, since we've talked mm-hmm. about Daniel Isn't Real and Dr. Sleep, I'll, I'll focus a little more on Midsummer. Um, okay. I mean, I love pastoral horror <laughs> like um okay. i like wicker man and stuff i'm all about that shit um mm-hmm. obviously the original um not the nick cage one even though i i do kind of secretly <laughs> like that one too um <laughs> not the base <laughs> but um i it's that one resonated with me a little bit more than hereditary did even though i love hereditary just because okay. i obviously i've n- never had like a loss like um Danny did but I've been in a very similar relationship that she was in with Christian okay so like it was watching that was a very cathartic experience for me because I was like yes this is who it's the person I was with before my husband (laughs) like it's almost exactly Ah, the same like the being very manipulative like probably not really wanting to be with me but because I was almost like his security blanket like manipulating me to be in the relationship and make me feel like I was in the wrong anytime I was upset about something. Um, 
and most like even though I don't necessarily have proof most likely cheating on me during our entire relationship as well <laughs> oh my god and Molly so I'm so sorry watching that I was like yes fuck yes oh yeah oh that happened to me too uh-huh yeah <laughs> um so then just how I I mean I'm sure most people know how it ends by now but I won't get too into it but like the way that film ends it was I it was just like a release for me and it was I this the way that ends with just a smile on her face I was like I I feel you I know exactly how you feel in this moment and you know what if I was in your place I probably would have done the same thing oh <laughs> hell yeah. yeah have you seen the not director's yet cut? no so one thing that I, I think, I don't think I can watch the, the original cut um, again since seeing the director's cut. I think that there are some issues with the director's cut. Like, I, I think that there's a couple scenes that they probably still could have, could have trimmed. But one of the most interesting things, and the reason why I bring it up, is that one of the complaints I heard about this, about this film was that um, Christian was, was raped, right? Is what a lot of people are saying. And He was what? He's raped by the the girl in the oh okay maya was that, that her whole name sex scene at the end yeah i can't yeah i think so but in the director's cut he actually agrees to do it yeah there is a scene where like when he's talking with the the, the lady and it kind of cuts um afterward to to the scene afterwards in in the director's cut he agrees to this and i think it really kind of changes the the whole feeling of the movie and what and what happens at the end i think it makes it more even more cathartic mm-hmm. than it already was um it probably should have kept yeah, that no. in there well and it's interesting <laughs> yeah because like now that you say that i can see how people like saw it that way but when i was watching it i didn't i personally didn't even realize that most likely because a lot of, i've heard the argument that like danny was just manipulated by the by the cult, which I think is a load of bullshit. Right, I've um, heard that too. Because I feel like yep. every single person there got to where they were because of the choices they made, and they were free to make those choices. Like everyone who was killed was yep. killed because of the choices they made. Um, yeah, a lot, and that's what the, yeah, the director's exactly. cut. Because he, yeah, are they saying? I can't. I I don't know. Were they saying it because? He, he he drank the liquid, and so that he yeah, was he like was like great. Well, it. but he I, he was kind of putting the moves on her before that, and he knew that there was something in that liquid, didn't he? Doesn't he know mm-hmm. it was like a hallucinogen? Yes. I think like it's implied. Like I think there's a lot of implication behind it. Um, like I never I never saw it as him as him being raped because I I saw like the the implication behind what was happening, but like a lot of people online anytime you would talk about it i kept getting these like rando people tweeting well he was raped he was raped and i'm like okay watch the director's cut because he definitely agreed to do this like a hundred percent he is i'm doing this there's consent and even i almost feel like the scene when he takes the drink in the theatrical could like if you think about it because He'd already been approached by the the female leader and like said, "Oh, you're you're good for breeding for this woman," um, and right. they've had the drink multiple times before, so I'm sure he knew what was in it. So in that moment when he's like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't," but then he takes it. To me, that was him 
making like a nonverbal, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. We're going to go down this path. Yeah. And in, in the director's cut, what, what, what she says is like, she kind of sets it up. Like, you know, you, you wanted to learn about our culture. This is the ultimate way of learning about it. We're going to, here's the ritual. You're going to take this drink and you're going to have this mass orgy is basically <laughs> what they say. Like, it, it was I, there. Yeah. God, I hate Christian, but <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a long but fun episode. <laughs> yeah, for real. We got through it. Uh, we did it. We did. The challenge. There's a lot of good shit it this decade. <laughs> the tens. So much. So much good shit this decade. I want to go again and then do like the uh, the third and fourth runners up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast that never ends. We're never letting anyone leave. <laughs> I'm excited for next uh, year and whatever weird shit it'll bring us. I think there's going to be yeah. some cool stuff out there. So I'm excited to see what is on the dock for 2020. What are you the most excited? I can't even think right now. I have a list. <laughs> I really want to see The Lodge. The, the Lodge? Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. It got pushed back to February, which is annoying. But like I've been waiting for that one forever. And I just can't wait to see it. And I haven't been able to catch it any festivals and they're not giving screeners out that i've seen so i'm really that's one of the ones i'm really hyped for what about you guys what are you most excited for next year i'm excited to see what candy man yeah yes. i'm really looking forward oh, to it. Yes. i'm so excited looking forward to it i can't wait to see what that's like i know mm-hmm and the Invisible Man. Yeah, I was going to say Invisible like Man. We're getting, like we're getting into like a new age of remakes. Like, yeah. and, the, and the Grudge is coming, but and almost and ugh, the new Ghostbusters. But I think this is going to be a new decade of remakes if for you know sure. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. There are that. already so many, like the witches. Hopefully, I, like I'm tentatively <gasps> excited about because, yeah. <laughs> like, that's a childhood favorite. Um. I'm also... That's a good one. That is a scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited. Uh, like, the first movie, I'm... Well, not the first movie, because I think Invisible Man comes out, like, what, on the 3rd or something of January? Something like that. Oh, oh does it? Really? It's, oh, I didn't realize it it's really... Story. It's coming up really quick. Um, but Underwater, I'm really excited oh, wow. for. I love aquatic horror. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that comes out the I'm day before my birthday, too. so I know what I'm doing that weekend. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm going to see it that weekend too because I'm my birthday's 11. the 14th. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Antlers looks amazing. Oh my God, I cannot oh my God. wait for Antlers. And I can't wait. Promising Young Woman. Oh my God. I cannot wait that is for like, that. That is a movie what is 100% this? made for my yes. interest. It's like a rape revenge <laughs> movie. It is like, it's got Mary Beth McGandrews written all over it. I cannot <laughs> wait. It looks so good. I, oh, it's going to be I'm going to quote that from now on. What did you say? It's made for the very best of my interest. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Terry, what are you most excited for next year? I mean, I'm excited to see, I'm excited for people to, to see some of the festival uh, hits that came out yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for people to see Synchronic next year. Oh yeah. Um, speaking mm. of Benson and more, uh, more head. Um, yeah. I, I'm everything you guys have mentioned is like get, gets is getting me really pumped. Um, I really can't wait to see what they do with Candyman. Um, I'm really excited to see Underwater. I think the Grudge is going to be interesting. I'm hoping that we are going into another decade like the '80s, where 
there's a lot of really good remakes that kind of re um assess the originals mm-hmm. in in different and unique ways um so yeah i i'm hopeful and I'm, i want more queer i yeah. hope there's more queer horror yeah i want yes i, want more. I need it i need it in my veins <laughs> I'm excited to see what Halloween Kills is like. Definitely, oh, yeah. I'm curious. I need those like installments like together right now. <laughs> I just I, I have to see what they're like. I can't wait for them. I'm yep. also really excited to see what that Antebellum movie is going to be like. I keep oh, seeing yeah. trailers and it's like, oh yeah, I can't tell what the fuck is going on, but it looks cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well. I think the future looks positive yeah all right well um gosh thank you uh both molly and jessica for for coming on to discuss the last decade it's was quite a journey um where can our listeners find you and do you guys have anything coming up soon that you want to plug um you can find me on instagram and um twitter it's jj rose seven and jj is spelled out j-a-y j-a-y um, I've got a really interesting, uh, cold-blooded killers piece coming out on a couple Ooh. of new, new slashers on the block and they might oh, not cool. be who you think they are. Hell yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that'll be on Nightmare on Film Street. And I just, um, I had a great interview with Jennifer Reeder, um, on Modern <sighs> Horrors and she was- I can't wait to read it. Amazing. It, it was published uh, over the weekend. Friday, yeah, maybe, yeah. Out. Cool. Check it out. Yeah. She was great. That was another one that, I mean, I, I just knives and skin was so amazing. Good. There's so many little ones that we missed here and there that I'm like, oh, I actually like I wrote about these, but can't put them all in. So, um, yeah, check that out. That'll be fun. Man, I'd love to have her on this podcast. Oh, I have. Gosh. I would love to talk to her about her movie. She Man. just ignites like girl power. Yes. And, and that's, and she um, had written back to me a couple of times and j- just the emojis that she uses. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just made me feel so good. And like, I don't know, I, I might have to take like a screenshot so that when I like go to get up and go to work or if I'm not feeling 100% girl power, that's immediately what I felt. Because so I was like, she gets it. She gets it. That's awesome. And what about you, Molly? People can find me on Instagram at blogging.banshee and on Twitter at bloggingbanshee. No dot for that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going on... on sorry, got all tongue-tied there. Um, <laughs> this month, I'm going to be on the bloggingbanshee.com. I'm going to have... Um, Obviously, I'm going to have like my best of 2019 coming up. And I'm also working on an article that will probably be out by the time this airs um, in honor of a lot of men that got mad at me on Twitter. (laughs) Um, I am doing an article that's going to be a list of um, films that the premise of my list is going to piss off even more men. And I'm really excited about it. Hell so yeah. keep an eye out for that. So excited. <laughs> Instant retweet. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Um, this wraps up our end of the year, end of the decade content. Um, 
so you'll be listening to this, I think, December 30th, and then we'll be back in the new year with more regularly scheduled Guard for Life episodes. Um, we hope you guys have an amazing new year, a happy 2020, and thanks so much for listening to us and for supporting us the past couple of months during our first couple of episodes. Your support means everything, and you know we'll have plenty more coming. So many exciting things are happening for us. So just we just really appreciate everyone who listens and follows us and talks to us. We just appreciate you so much. Um, so, and if you don't follow us, follow us at Scarred Podcast on Twitter. Um, send us an email if you want to talk about your favorite movies of the decade, uh, Scarred for Life Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. Um, once again, thank you everyone for listening to us. Thank you to Steve Barnold for our badass artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our badass music. Um, stay creepy, everyone. And until next time. Hey, I'm putting it in. That's what she said. It's graphic. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just dreading the three dots. It takes a little oh, bit. Jesus oh, my Christ. God. <laughs> I told you. That has to be a prosthetic. Yeah. I. It is. It is a prosthetic. No... <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. This was on HBO. Wow. That's straight up. Porn o- porn it doesn't, and it doesn't show him ending. Like no. it, um, it actually. Oh my god! She's like, she's like very aggressive looking at that penis. I don't think I've ever like, looked that aggressively at a penis during a hand no. job before. But maybe I'm doing hand jobs wrong. But if I did, the lights were on. <laughs> oh my god! You're like, I'm a uh, There you go. <laughs> okay. Back on this is where I was like, oh, I love Adam Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, okay. <laughs> so oh my hypnotic. God. So. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop looking at it. I know, me neither. I actually clicked it so I could see it because I can't see anymore. I can't see it all. And then it went full screen. On the <laughs> oh, my God. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th.
We'll meet you in the briefing room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>